0: Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, you know, for me, the action is the
2: juice. I'm in.
1: Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 279. I'm Dave, and I'm here with a very tired Rich. Rich, how are you? Very tired. Yeah. you. Uh, I picture Rich right the second in time. He's staring into the abyss, and you see the skeletons of the gods that are down there, don't you, Rich? I don't know what I see, man. I don't even know if my eyes work properly. I'm so oh. tired. Are you just playing on instinct now in memory? Is that all you've got left? I assume so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes I play on instinct only, you know? I. You know, but that feeling we were discussing it before the show uh rich is having a, there's a system change at his work which is causing him no end of grief that feeling of burnout is such a real thing in corporate culture and and in workplace culture and companies talk around it but they never fix it you know what i mean like um it, and it is such a prevalent thing i suffer occasionally from full-on burnout like and because it's been a number of years, I, I know how to siphon in and off it. And working from home has helped a lot, actually, because it takes out the travel. But it is a real thing. And it's, it's tough because it creeps up on you, doesn't it, Rich?
0: Well, as I said, I can deal with physical exhaustion. Mm. I just I hate mental exhaustion just because... Sure. Yeah, I can still watch it, as I said. If I'm tired, if I'm physically tired, I can read a book, I can watch a movie, yeah, whatever. But if I'm mentally tired, then I, I could read a book, but I wouldn't be able to remember it. Like, yeah, I, I'm sure I'd be like, did I just read a chapter? I
2: don't know what I read.
1: Oh yeah, I, I agree. I mean, sometimes you know, the only answer is rest, man, and 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 time away from thing anything that's sapping your energy. It's the only way. Like an early night. It, it, that's an underrated method. An early night, have a shower, have a bath, have an early night, uh, you know, and literally put on some calming, you know, ambient noise while you're trying to go to sleep. Stuff like that is how I combat it. Um, because I, I find, listeners want to know this, but I, I actually find excessive amounts, and I want to say excessive, excessive amounts of socialising actually very draining. Like, I enjoy it, but I have a limit. And um, I found it... And, and as I've gotten older, I just do less of it because I used to find it so tiring, Rich. Like, um, some people, you know, who are very extroverted, people can just... Uh, we're not talking about work here, but we you know, socialize. But as I've gotten older, I've really tapered it down. Uh, and I find I enjoy my life a lot more because you know, your energy levels when you're younger, are, I think are higher than when, as you get older, Like into your Yeah.
0: But that's the benefit of social life. You can choose to participate when it comes yeah. to work. You
1: don't yeah. have a choice. No, <laughs> no, 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 I agree. I agree. And, but that's why I think as I've gotten older, the, the challenge has, has turned into workplace burnout and how to not only avoid it. Cause I don't think you can fully avoid it, but how to minimize it and how to recover from it. They're really the, the goals. And that's different for every workplace. Like, you know, every difference. You're on the floor, man. So you've got a physical thing as well. Like, I could not do your job because I could not stand up that long. You know?
0: Oh, that's, yeah, that's the least of my problems. Yeah, that would be my,
1: I, I, I had a, um, you know, something I recommend, I, I had my massage today, uh, very calming, releases tension, uh, gets the knots out of your muscles. It is mentally calming as well. As physically, um, stuff like that is is something I would probably recommend. Rich and and like I said, an early no, night.
0: No, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. People touching me, I can't relax if someone's touching me.
1: But a masseuse, dude. Like, no, you know, don't like it. Don't like people touching me. Oh, Jesus, like, um, well, I mean, okay, but it was just a suggestion. Well, then, in that case, then. No, yeah. Good. I mean,
0: I've, I went. I tried. I went to bed a bit early yesterday, but I still yeah. woke up massively tired. So, yeah.
1: Well, that's the problem. It takes a, it. It's not a one night fix. Like this is the thing, and they say when you go on leave, which is you know, and disconnect, and you you know, you are fairly disconnected from social media, which is a good thing. But when you disconnect and go on leave, it 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 definitely washes away, and you can definitely feel like a little holiday. The problem is, you know. As soon as you come back, the if the same conditions are there, the same events will take place again. Basically, like um, so, yeah, it's tough, man. I feel for you, dude. Like, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. And uh, maybe put out there if someone if someone's got a high paying gig for Rich to go to, where he doesn't have to be on his feet all day and deal with changing systems. You know, what are you looking at, Rich? Two hundred K, roughly, something along those lines. Two hundred K US. Oh, I don't
0: know. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get back to you when I can actually
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take 5% commission, obviously, you know, for setting up the deal on the Signal of Doom. Um, yeah, but, like, now, I do have um, some huge news. Uh, firstly, um, was chatting, we, we spoke to Valsimex. Uh, Val Valsimex, that's how I say it, isn't it, Rich? Valsimex, he told us?
0: Valsimex, yeah.
1: Yeah, he, we spoke to him earlier this week. Um, next, or... Next show, um, so next week, I'm actually going to be away to work off-site for four days, and we aren't, we're not going to take a break from the show just for next week. Don't worry, kids. Rich and I aren't going anywhere. We're going to roll past 300. We're going to hit 400, 500, but we are taking a week off because I'm going to be at the Hunter Valley, man, in a chalet, um, enjoying life, sipping some wine, probably eating some cheese, probably eating a bit more than that.
0: And socialising
1: yeah 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 but it'll be you know i, I kind of <laughs> like these kind of things like uh, it's a corporate getaway so next week um there won't be a show but i will put up uh like mid next week i'll put up the Val X interview which was a lot of fun it was a hell of a lot of fun talking to him wasn't it man mm. very yeah,
0: it was it's, it's well I mean, we've gotten so many writers perspective it was right sure. it's quite nice to chat to 100 percent the other the other half of it the person who then takes those words and um and turns them and into makes pages. them come alive
1: and it was, and I mean that reflects my own bias as a writer myself, but um that we've had so many writers, and I just find it easy to connect with them. but I had such a pleasure talking to him, like it was such a good natured guy, humorous, like you know, we were laughing, man, like there was you know he was laughing at my rather poor jokes and pictures, um you know, I was talking about maybe getting a commission done, I was trying to did you notice I was trying to kind of like angle for a kind of sweetheart deal as well. <laughs> just,
0: You'll probably have to have him on the show a few more times before
1: that's going to Yeah, well, uh, you know, just also Dave can get his Slopo versus Hitman at the OK Corral <laughs> Commission. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, that, that'll come out next week uh, in the place of uh, a normal show. And, then, and this show, we are doing G.I. Joe, the IDW Collection Volume 2, which covers a big chunk of the starting of Chuck Dixon's run, along with the start of the Cobra storyline by Mike Costa. Um, that's ba- the, basically what makes up that Volume 2 of the G.I. Joe collection. Now, I do have some big news. I was chatting to Chuck Dixon just today. Um, firstly, he's going to come on the show again, rich in September. We're just lining up an exact date. We're going to talk some G.I. Joe. Yo, Joe. And I should say yo, Joe, to all the Joes out there. We're talking talk some G.I. Joe. We're going to talk some Conan. And I've got a big announcement. Chuck is at Arctunes. So ArcTunes, Arcaven Comics. Arctunes is the online for free stuff you can read there. Um, various people put stuff up, but Chuck's like their, you know, biggest like name uh, contributor and is kind of the rock rock of the, the batting lineup. He is so it's a serial he's he's turning they're serializing some of his books okay and so sidewinders a book that he did um with uh john morgan Neal, his mate um they co-wrote a, a western called sidewinders a few years ago well they're serializing that and i think adding illustrations into that in on arctoons but also and i'm so happy to announce this chuck has written a conan novel uh the cimmerian it's called because conan as we know is now public domain property rich so anyone can write a a Conan novel now. Um it's like yeah, because it's it's public domain everywhere but in the US. Um I believe. But if yeah, you, yeah. if you, Well I, yeah. that's
0: what I was gonna say he that's why he can't call it
1: Conan, I think. He calls it the Sumerian, yeah. I believe. Because
0: that was the same in, in France. <clears throat> yes. With the French comics, I think that they've called it it's not called Conan. It's either. called the Sumerian, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, the blaze coming. Yeah. So you can write that but you just can't call it Conan in American. Yes. So in, in essence, Chuck has written a, a Conan novel. He's serializing on an Arctoon. So I assume chapter by chapter. It, it's lit this this is literally like in the last forty eight hours. So I, I, I messaged him and said, My spies report this to me, Chuck. Is it correct? And he he said, Yeah, it is. It's really been popular. Um there's also illustrations, Rich. Not for every single panel, obviously, but kind of like an illustrated book, if you know what I mean. Like, so there's illustrations thrown into it. Um, I'm so excited because Chuck has written a whole ton of good novels. His Levon Cade novels, his Bad Time novels, and now he's writing Conan. And I'm like, this is a marriage made in heaven. And obviously he wrote um, great Savage Saw Conan back in the day. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited. And uh, that was fresh news. Literally only dropped a couple of hours before showtime. And so we will have Chuck on uh, probably around mid-September. I will announce the official date when we... We're just sorting out the exact date. Um, But we're also going to go heavily into his G.I. Joe, Rich, because you know me, I'm deep in Joe at the moment, aren't I? You're very deep in Joe. Yo, Joe! I love saying it, man. Like, I just can't get enough of it. Um, Now... For me, I watched uh, Day Shift, the Jamie Foxx uh, vampire hunter thing. Remember we discussed this on the show, Rich? Yeah. It was good, man. Very strong. Very funny. Um, uh, good performance by Jamie Foxx. Like, basically, he looks like he's running kind of like, I think it's a pool cleaning service, but in reality, he's a full-time vampire hunter. And he's kind of out of the union for breaking too many regulations. And then uh, Snoop Doggy Dog's in there as well as, as his pal. Um, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's on Netflix. Um, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Michelle and I really enjoyed it. And it's set up for a franchise. Like, you you know, you can feel at the end of it, it leaves it open. What
0: is what isn't set up for a franchise?
1: Sure. I'll tell you another franchise out there, DeMorn. Grab the DeMorn novels, kids. That's a franchise. Um, yeah, well, I mean, why not? If you've got a successful movie, uh, on Netflix, why wouldn't you want to spin it off into more? Why no, stop no, at no. one?
0: I don't mind franchises. I, I hate that they write for the franchise. Sure. Instead of just making a good movie first.
1: Well, this is a good movie. There you go. It's a good movie. Does no, it make you I'm happy now? i talking about in generality. Well, I don't know <laughs> if it's a good movie, Dave. It could
2: be a shit movie.
1: Well, I've seen it. I enjoyed it. Um, Mm-kay. yeah, no, it was good, man. Like, uh, it was funny, uh, had had good performances. Like it was, it was fun. It was a real good Friday night film. I, I mean, it wasn't like you know Citizen Kane, but I, I enjoyed it. And Jamie Fox was good. Um, yeah. I, look, I, I gave it eight out of ten, which is probably being slightly generous. But you know, you know, if I was going to mark it down at all, a bit to a seven point five. But I'll give it an eight because it's 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 a fun romp. Um, you'll be happy to know, Rich. The vampires are monstrous. Does that make you feel any happier? If you did like your monstrous vampires,
0: if I was going to watch a vampire show, yes, or movie, yes,
1: yeah. Well, there you go. The vampires are very monstrous and kind of without any redeeming qualities. Does that make you happier, Rich? No. <laughs> It should. You're always going on about how you like your vampires to be monstrous and not kind of the pretty boy vampires okay. and
0: stuff like that. doesn't mean that I'll enjoy the movie.
1: Okay, well, you've got to watch it. To find out. You know who's in it uh, playing his straight-laced uh, sort of assistant kind of underling? Um, Dave Franco, James Franco's brother. I was like, is that Dave Franco? Uh, you know, because God, he always seems to play the same role and the kind of nerdy guy and... Um, yeah, and it, it was him, and, and he's in it, and he's okay. I mean, if I was going to say the weakest part of the film, it's probably him, but he's okay. But um, Jamie Foxx is very good, and it's got a good storyline. It's got a bit of heart and a bit of comedy and, you know, a bit of action. It's, it's got all the right ingredients, I think. I mean, I've seen far worse movies, so 8 out of 10. Now, mm-hmm. continuing on my thing of stuff that I enjoyed, I, Michelle and I watched Tales of the Walking Dead, Um, now we all thought this was going to be them squeezing the last drops out of the franchise surprisingly good it's an anthology style show um it's from different points and different characters in the walking dead universe like new characters that so it's not a connected story so it's not a continuing you know you follow character a the first week and then carry the second episode is character a again you know how the normal walking dead stuff is it's Anthology, so it's scattergun. It's different bits and pieces from all over the Walking Dead world, and um, surprisingly good and refreshing too. Like it was actually refreshing um, to watch. Now, funnily though, one of the episodes was it was just bizarre. Like it was like you know Parker Posey, the actress, Rich. Mm-hmm. She's in it, and it's like a Groundhog Day episode of walking dead so it's just when the outbreak happens and she's she's like a bitchy kind of like boss at this at this um company and the insurance company and basically the receptionist who just they just don't get on they hate each other um they keep crossing paths and and dying and then coming back to the office with the memory of their death so yeah, it's 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 played. It's really kind of like wow, they've never done anything like that in a Walking Dead. They've never done sort of like a sort of like um almost a sci-fi angle, you know, uh, Groundhog Day angle. Uh, it was it was an interesting departure from normal Walking Dead stuff. Like that was the conceit of the episode. Like everything they tried, they would die, and they'd come back to the office. And yeah, it was it was interesting. And no one else in the office remembered anything, um, but just them. They were aware of it. Uh, you know, and so they knew exactly what was going to happen, yada yada yada.
0: A Walking Dead has become farcical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Just because they're now running out of ideas, so the fact
0: that, yeah. The fact that they're doing a fucking let do grand dog. I got no more ideas, grand dog. Day. <laughs> like, that's popular, right? Let's just do that.
1: Well, it was entertaining enough, Rich. I mean, calm down. Well, that
0: it's not entertaining, but I'm just saying it's clearly. <laughs> It's it's clearly going off the rails if they if, if if a show like Walking Dead is literally doing Groundhog Day, I'm like it's I'm sorry, it's it's in the shambles then.
1: <laughs> it's it's not walking down the road anymore, the corpse is now shambling down the road. <laughs> Actually now. I
0: think it's I think it's rolling down the hill.
1: Yeah, or it's doing that thing in Walking Dead they always do where the, the torso has been removed so it's just the arms dragging along like at oh. a really slow pace. Yeah, they look. You, yes, I agree with you there. The show is definitely, like the whole franchise, it's very stagnant. And But this show, with its new approach, is injecting a bit of life into what has been a very, quote-unquote, dead kind of feeling franchise. Like Fear the Walking Dead gave probably its weakest season since season two. So the, the last season of Walking Dead, which has split into three parts, which is annoying, has been strong. Like it actually has been a strong final season, and it's just leading up to the the final third. But fear the Walking Dead, the season that just finished, was very poor, very poor. Like it was, it it, it was actually almost it was a real grind to get through. This feels fresher, you know. Um, and I don't know, I'm open to it. Like why not, man? I mean,
0: you see, that's why I kind I really enjoy I I really enjoyed the strain because mm. that was only four seasons, and they basically said. That's all we meant for it to be. Like yeah. we wrote it with a a beginning, a middle and an end, and it was only ever gonna go for three to four seasons. Yeah. Um True. and I really enjoyed it and it told it like a tight story. But I could I could see this sh- I could see something like the show being absolutely terrible if they were like, No, we've got to stretch this out to like ten seasons or how did something the strain
1: Because like I never made it to the end. How does it actually end? Do they get a cure and fight back or what?
0: Uh, well, they kill the master, and then that allows them to then kill the the strain, the the, the vampires, because they basically now mindless. Right. Okay. And they kind of become like so. What, as I said, what I liked about the strain was the the combining of zombie
1: uh-huh.
0: and vampires. So the 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 vampires are, are very much like zombies, right? They're like feral. They um, they ghoulish. Yeah. They just like attack people. But they are controlled by the master. The master can sort of, you know, give them functionality. Yeah. But if you kill the master, then they literally just become like mindless.
1: So when zombies. did they kill the master? Was it in the final season?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Final episode.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, we watched like the first three seasons and I really enjoyed it. I actually don't know why we stopped watching, but it was, it was a very, I agree, a very enjoyable show, you know? Like, um, yeah. But I feel
0: like something like The Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a show that should have been written towards an end, but it, yeah. with the height of... The, because it's so popular, or it yeah. was so popular, yeah. they are just like, oh, we have got to just get as many golden eggs out of this
1: fucking goose oh, as possible. Oh, 100% the they that. Yeah. The goose
0: has died, but they're still trying <laughs> they try to get those golden eggs out oh,
1: of Oh, 100%, man. Like, they're really... You know, it's gone past stretching. You know, like, it's gone into some other realm which is past stretching the concept i mean they're squeezed to dry now they've got the husks and they're trying to turn that into like it's Let's just be honest you can take
0: that groundhog day scenario and put it in anything like, yes that, that's yes kind of yes. A, so, yes yeah I, I don't deny that that episode could be fun and could be interesting but it's just not walking dead like it takes walking dead into a completely different realm
1: yeah well i mean yes and you aren't wrong, and it, but it was actually kind of interesting because Walking Dead's never done anything like that. Walking Dead has always kind of yeah had a dreary sort of storyline um, just going on and on and on and on with sort of no end in sight ever. So it was kind of interesting to see something just so sort of uh, unusual, like... Even when I was watching it, I was like, are they seriously going to... How are they going to explain this? Well, they never do. It's just a Groundhog Day. Like, it's just like how Groundhog Day was never explained in the movie. Like, they just... They don't make any attempt to try to sort of explain it. They just sort of just go, yeah, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. it look, interesting, interesting. And the other one was more of a typical... It was, it was like a... It was taking um, the prepping, you know preppers so it was it was someone it was a guy who was a prepper and so when the actual thing happened he was actually really well prepared but he had his dog with him but then the dog gets bitten by zombies and dies and then he kind of gets lonely and he follows this chick who is a fellow prepper and he goes to find her and then he finds her and she's like a full-on serial killer yada 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 it was actually a, a decent again a pretty decent episode like um, quite enjoyable, but that was more typical Walking Dead sort of stuff. You know what I mean? It's like it's almost like they said
0: we're running out of ideas for this Walking Dead. What if we just did like a Twilight Zone show?
1: Yeah, well, I I definitely think that I think that I think the brief is you can we can do slightly different genres, and we can also do a little bit of world building, but we also don't have to have them connect. So we can just do like in Twilight Zone, like the the episodes, you know, there is no connection point other than that they happen in the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, look, for Walking Dead fans, I, I think you'll probably enjoy it because it's for the two episodes I've seen that have come out so far, they are quite fresh feeling. Whereas Fear the Walking Dead really felt very stale this last season.
0: I like, wonder, I, but I do wonder if they would have been better served just calling it Tales of the Dead and to say that it's tangentially tied. It's called Tales Podcast. of the Walking Dead.
1: It's called Tales of the Walking Dead. I
0: didn't Dead. say Tales of the Walking Dead. I said Tales of the Dead.
1: Well, what difference is there?
0: Because then it doesn't, it's not specifically tied to Walking Dead. You can say, they can say, look, it's tangentially tied to Walking Dead, but it has kind of its own name with not Walking Dead in it.
1: But they want to get people, Walking Dead is the name of the thing man. Like that's the name of the franchise. Like that's the big sell. Fair enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the big sell is is that like if they if they take out Walking Dead, yeah, people monorillas.
0: Yeah, but again, that's my point. You're taking something that's not Walking Dead, slapping Walking Dead on it, and <laughs> you know, thinking what a great job we've done.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know, Rich. I mean, at the end of the day, what what do you expect? Like they're squeezing it, fucking. D- dude, don't forget. It's not like they're resting on their laurels. There's the Daryl Dixon spin off coming, and then there's the Rick Grimes and Michonne spin off coming. So they've got two spin offs coming out from from the main series. So, you know, they're, they're not done yet. I oh, t- should
0: have saved the Grand Day for one of those shows.
1: Well, maybe the Grand Hog Day, you know, might become part of the storyline. You I know? wonder if some people watching Walking Dead feel like they, they I do. do no I I actually said that I, I do feel that I like I'll tell you one of the tropes, because I'm quite critical of the show having seen so many episodes and it's sometimes it's so poor uh, so many times in this in the whole of Walking Dead in Fear of the Walking Dead in normal Walking Dead and the other crappy one that I know the teenage kids one so many times rich the mythical destination where everything's all for the best. You know, there's always this dot on the horizon they're heading to where it's like Shangri-La, you know? And, like, so many times have they been disappointed. And, in fact, not only disappointed by what they've encountered, have brought ruination upon it, and so that place actually gets destroyed along with their hopes and dreams. Then they find another spot on the map, but another mysterious name of Sanctuary, a Padre, or whatever, and... That's it. like these they're like the most gullible wanderers ever. They Oh wow, really? Over there it's like heaven? Yeah, let's all go. And it's like, oh Jesus, like you didn't learn for the previous fifteen times. Like it's just Well, you know, to be
0: fair, it's a, it's a rinse and repeat it is. show. And and even technically the comic was rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But I know a lot of people um who, who really say the comic's are a lot stronger. I, I actually really like the comic. I haven't read deeply, deeply, but I've read my fair share. I've probably read forty issues and I mean I, I think it's a really cool read, but I again I could it's funny, I can take it a limited doses, whereas with Walking Dead, I mean they almost have Walking Dead on seat an episode of Walking Dead on every week of the year. They're close with all these spin offs, the way they string them together. Mm. They actually they actually take up and I know that because Michelle and I watch them and it is actually quite rare for there not to be a Walking Dead show on of some kind in the week, you know? So it's obviously successful enough for them to keep flooding the market. Like there's, there's got to be enough kind of hangers-on like me who are just – I almost feel like I've got Stockholm Syndrome, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. I just – I'm at that point now where I feel like I'm inoculated by the brand.
0: Well, the problem is you don't – the thing is just, it's difficult to know without being there is that maybe the reason they're doing so much is because nothing is grabbing people and so this is them trying to hit the next big yeah. thing because nothing is – nothing's resonating. Maybe nothing's – But they must me. have
1: enough viewers because otherwise they wouldn't no, have I'm, the budget to you – know. Yeah, but
0: I kind of feel like if some show was successful, you'd be putting all your money behind that show. You'd be like, right, this show is taking – this is going to be the new one. Yeah, but the fact that they're bringing out so many, to me, it just screams of a little bit of like scrambling to try and get one of these shows to be popular again. To yeah, yeah. To like get the massive viewership and all that sort of stuff.
1: Well, I, de- I definitely think well. I definitely think that they hit a point where they've gone, okay, we can't underwrite the cost of the whole show with the cast of thousands but we know Daryl Dixon is, like, probably the most popular character after Rick, or maybe, you know, he's about tie with Rick. So let's spin Daryl off into his own show. So they know that all the... Anyone who's stuck around this long will watch the Daryl Dixon show and bringing Rick Grimes back, teaming up with Michonne, you know, probably the most popular character, followed by probably the third most popular character. Um, you know, they're smart enough to do that, like because they're sort of split it up, and it's the classic thing of, like when you break the Beatles up, who's going to follow the solo albums? Well, I think there's enough fans to follow. I think the fan base will follow both shows because of the, the casting, I, you know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying they'll go for 10 years each, but I do think that there's a lot of potential there, you know. Um, but it's going to be, I know the Walking Dead guys. Before you know it, the writing team gets pretty complacent, Rich. Like, they'll do an interesting episode or two, and you're like, oh, well, Walking Dead's quite good again, followed by, like, three or four episodes of them just absolutely treading water you know Mm. and like it's quite common like they're they're, they're like that guy on the team who's about to be dropped then he has a decent game you're like oh look he's got his game back together and then as soon as the heat's off you know he goes back to being mediocre (laughs) like just good enough to hang in the team you know what i mean like (laughs) it's pretty funny
0: well, we'll have to
1: yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Uh, now, She Hulk. Um, neither of us have watched the first episode, but I do have some reviews um, positively reviewed. It's got a sixty-seven on Metacritic. It's it's firmly in the green. Uh, I've heard back from uh, friends, some of whom hated Ms. Marvel. Generally, people are enjoying it. Like some quite critical, you know, guys out there who aren't afraid to call Marvel Studio stuff shit. Um, now, here's what critics are saying. Carolyn Fram in Variety, She-Hulk is charming enough as it bounces from one hijink to the next, especially in Malsani's capable hands. I assume she's the showrunner. But between its obligations to the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, a far more limited budget than its film peers, and attempts to infuse Jen's story with dated girl boss energy, She-Hulk represents an unsteady balancing act that needs more time than it likely has to settle into its own groove. Um, yeah, but, like, you know, like, the, the reviews are reasonably positive. Like, so, I don't know. The four episodes of screened for Critics, um, and it started, I think, this week with new episodes coming every Thursday on Disney. Now, what do you think about Disney not releasing the shows in one block, Rich? Would you prefer um, them to do that? Um, like, uh, you know...
0: Probably, look, honestly, it probably wouldn't bother me because... I more than likely would find this show shit and stop after one episode, so it wouldn't really sure. matter to me. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if someone was really enjoying it, yeah, they'd probably want to wish that they could watch it all in one go, but that's not how Disney keeps their subscriptions
1: going. Yeah, well, Disney doesn't have enough original content to do that, does it? Like, it's got to string people out with the Star Wars and the Marvel stuff. Like, they're doing that strategy. Like, you know, they don't have a ton of, of original content that they're generating right now. Like, I'm sure they'll get there, but, um,
0: well, all they have really is the Marvel and the Disney stuff, yeah, uh, the, uh, the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff. Um, so yeah, they they need to keep the the idea, I would imagine, is to try and have one come in after the other and yeah, coming out weekly so that they you have to keep your subscription going.
1: Well, that would be good though. Like, I mean, they should do that. Like, that's ideally Disney every week of the year, there should be a new episode of original content of something. Like, you know, why not? Uh, I don't know. The problem is like
0: we're not it's not the T V market anymore, it's the streaming market.
2: Hmm.
0: Um if I'm paying you money um and you're providing a show, I will I want to choose how to watch the show. If I wanna watch an episode a night, I should be allowed to do that. If I wanna watch it all in one night, I should be allowed to do that. It's a streaming service, it's not T V.
1: But that's why I asked you what would you prefer? And you said you didn't care.
0: No, I say a show like that it doesn't matter to me because I would probably stop off the one episode anyway, whether it was all. Oh, right. I meant whatever. more
1: generally though, like
0: just. But in general, I like Amazon. Like when Richard dropped. Like
1: oh, I dude! I, like I, I, I'm, I'm not. There's no doubt in my opinion. I love it when when all the episodes are there. By the way, Rich, you'll be happy to know this: Michelle and I watched the first episode of Terminal List. Um, yes, great. Loved it, Rich. And uh, we're going to watch more of it. We, we've had really busy weeks ourselves. So we watched one episode. I said, this comes highly recommended by Rich. We really enjoyed it. And Chris Pratt, who I've said I'm getting a bit tired of, loved his performance here. And, and, mm. you, you know you know what? It was I was watching him and I was like, oh, he's not doing the goofy stuff at all. I'm just enjoying the performance in the show. And I was firmly hooked. Into it, and I've got to say, Rich, I think one of the strongest shows that I've seen in the last two years on TV. You know, from what I, well, again,
0: Chris Pratt isn't playing that, um, yeah, the lovable rogue, yeah, kind of character. This is he's playing a proper
1: military guy, special
0: forces basically
1: guy. You know, Michelle um, loves it; she loves the SEAL team stuff and all that. And she was just like, "There's no
0: no quips, there's no jokes, there's no, you know, there's no Marvel humor in it."
1: No, it was good, man, and we're going to keep watching it, so that will be something that um, will continue on. And by the way, I should mention that um, we did recently, you and I did the G.I. Joe movie for the Patrons, and just this weekend, or, or yeah, just this weekend, um, or this week, actually... Dion and I finally did a Boondog Saints episode, and I put that onto the Patreon. So Brian Beggy out there, who'd waited for like almost two years, finally got his request (laughs) here. Our apologies for that. Firmly, I blame Dion. Um, I made Dion apologise to the nation, and um, and rightly so, he should. And, you know, I wouldn't say he gave a sincere apology, but it was the best you're ever going to get. Um he tried to deflect the blame on me. He says, it's a two-way street. I said, how is it in any way my fault? And then we enjoyed it so much, and he started claiming credit for it. Like, I said, it's not your pick. It's Brian Biggie's pick. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you claiming credit for Brian's pick? <laughs> you're, the, you're the man who was the delay. But anyway, well, so, you know. Dion you're talking about, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was Dion. So it was a mixture of lies and mistruths coming from his lips, as usual. Um, but yeah, no. So patrons, like, please, if you li- if you like Cinema of Doom, and I know we've got a lot of listeners out there, like, join up to the patron. Like, for a little of a dollar per month, it helps towards show running costs, but you also get exclusive content. And Rich and I are doing more Cinema of Doom, and me and D are going to do ones as well. So we're going to kind of like a dual thing going. Uh, Rich, I believe it's your pick on Cinema of Doom next time. Um, no pressure to come up with something on the in the five seconds you've got now, but
0: no, it'll be a westerner. Really, oh, that's right, really a Western,
1: good. yeah, Western would be good. And I'm going to pick either Mean Streets or Heat, which I do with Dion. I'm just going to wait till I get a bit closer to make my decision. But the next person up on the on the batting order will be Rich with me, um, and Rich is going to you know do his Western and, and all that stuff. So there's plenty of stuff coming from the Patreon feed. We were just a little bit banked up, be, literally because Dion had a kid. That was the reason um, he had a baby. I told him, "You're bringing in excuses, emotions, and attachments." None of the things I like, you know. I, you, I've told you so many times. You've gotten attached, and now we're all having to pay the price of your attachment. Do you like that, Rich? Uh, it's certainly one way to look at it. Well, that's the way I always look at it with him, you know. Like, you know, you've got to keep the little guy guessing. But um, anyway, so She Hulk looks like it might be okay. I definitely will have checked out some of it. By the time we do the next show, which will be in two weeks. So we'll have watched a couple of episodes. Now, an unnamed Batgirl actor had some choice words for Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zallav calling him an imbecile, and she said the cowardice was breathtaking. Um...
0: my gosh, he must must be struggling to sleep at night after that. I hope he's on suicide watch. Oh, Jesus, I know he couldn't take that. David
1: Salaf, meanwhile, orders a hit on this other named actress.
0: Even if it was a named actress, he
1: probably would have gone, who? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could throw a stone and... um, I mean, would it be Batgirl herself? I mean, potentially? It would have been fucking hilarious if she'd come out, like... You, to 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 accuse someone else of cowardice while you're reporting anonymously is also kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like
0: yeah. I don't know. I just love. I just love that uh, she she well she was like, oh Michael Keaton, welcome to the DCU, and then her shows <laughs> and her movies like cancel them. I'm like yeah, yeah. He should have
1: responded with like, I built it.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: like yeah. I I'm the foundation stone love like i don't know no one knows who you are um, there's a reason
0: that, there's a reason they're bringing me into these uh, shitty movies
1: yeah like they they finally met my price and i'm turning up but it's not out of love you know what i mean like i'm looking forward to that 10 million that 15 million in my bank account um yeah
0: but this is also why actors are not uh, business people mm. they don't understand business that's why they have accountants and mm. uh, that's why they just do what they're told. <laughs> they don't have rights. so i there's sure been some
1: there's been some actors who've become I, very successful i'm, I'm pretty
0: producers. sure that uh, he doesn't care what oh, I'm sure any, he doesn't care any what actor you. thinks of his decisions for the company that is
1: yeah it, not, and i'm still not convinced it was the right move like i i think a better P, uh, you know a better pr move to me would have been to release it to streaming but Look, he made a decision. He bit the bullet. And some of the other stuff he's talking about, I don't mind. Like, if he actually, if it's not just empty talk and this guy actually does have a plan to restructure, mm. I mean, God, that's what they fucking have needed for, well, like, the last decade.
0: The thing is, I, personally, from what I'm hearing, I just think, I think it's the right decision because there's there's more negatives and positives. Mm. So the movie's not finished, so it needs more money. Yeah. Right, then let's say you are going to go to cinemas. That's now advertising. You're going to start getting money for, and and paying for that. Right, Um, and it could and might not make any money back. Yes, you could put on streaming, but then again, you still have to finish spending the money to finish the movie with the special effects and all that sort of crap and all that. And then there's also that if it is such a bad movie that again you're further damaging the already bad reputation that. But that's any movie though. Like you know, any movie takes money. No, no, but what I'm saying is that there isn't as many upsides as there are downsides to this movie coming
1: out. I don't know. They've already spent a fair chunk of change, like whatever they do. So if they spend another 10 million on it, let's say they spend another 10 or 20 million on it, like, you know, let's, let's just say hypothetically, mm-hmm. it, it gets put out there, it's going to bring mm-hmm. in some money. Like, it will bring in some money. Then you put it on streaming.
0: No, that's not guaranteed that it'll bring in any money. It could lose money.
1: No, 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 it'll bring in – no, what I'm what I'm trying to say is it will bring in revenue, okay? it the, the film may not break even, I totally agree, but it will bring in revenue, whereas you cut your ties completely, it doesn't bring in any revenue. It's just a loss that sits on the accounts.
0: Yeah, correct, and obviously they've decided that they're willing to eat that loss, then spend more money. That's true. And also damage the brand even further than what it already is, because the sure. brand's not exactly doing well.
2: Yeah. And
1: yeah, and you know what, Rich, I I, I agree with you. Like, I, I look, I don't care. I, I I know my one of my good good friends, Stella, is a huge Batgirl fan. So for her, I care. Me per like me personally, uh, I'm ambivalent about Batgirl. You know, because the Batgirl. Think about it
0: this way, I mean, they've had they took a step in the right direction with uh, with people, with audience, with the Batman. Sure,
2: right. of
1: course,
0: yeah. Not my cup of tea, but people liked it It resonated with people it was a it was hit success. it was a it hit. success
1: yeah
0: you now maybe the bat the bat they look at the back of and they go this is a step backwards sure yeah like this is this is going to undo yeah the the step forward we've taken with the batman we can't keep doing this we can't keep taking one step forward one step back one yep. step forward yep we yep. need to build momentum and this movie will kill momentum this movie will take us a step back I don't know I haven't seen the movie but I'm just saying no, good from point. what I'm hearing I just feel like there's more
1: yeah, good point.
0: You're gambling more than just throwing away the money and saying, fuck it, cut it off, write it off.
1: And it is the bat brand, and they are very yeah, protective yeah, get, of the bat
0: brand. Yeah, the tax people looking at it, see if we can get some of it as written off or whatever. But they've obviously decided that it's not worth sinking a little bit more money in and hurting the brand even further, I would assume. That's the only thing that you're that adamant about not putting it out at
2: all.
1: Yeah, no, and you're right. And would you think as well, I was just thinking of this as you were talking, the fact that it is Batman related, like it has a bat in it. Like, Warners are very protective of that brand. That brand has been a cash cow for them in good times and bad. Um, you, you, do you know what I mean? Like, if they're like, you know what, we don't really want Batman associated with a stinker. You know, when, as you said, they've just come out of Batman, it had generally positive reviews, it made a lot of money. You know, the momentum in that, for that segment is actually quite strong um Mm -hmm. as you're saying like why would we want to put out kind of a tv movie that might really it could turn into like a catwoman situation you remember catwoman with hal berry what a disaster that was
0: Mm -hmm. and i mean and and don't forget that they it sounds like they keep sort of like i'm in an orange but even putting out the bloody flash movie and they're now doing reshoots on well, that. Well, we've
1: got some news on that. Yeah, we've got some news on that. That's, know, so that's a good I'm one. just
0: saying, like, that, they might just go, fuck it. Like, we don't know what we're doing with the Flash movie. Like we.
1: Well, I've got some news that. T- we can jump to the news on that. So breaking news on the Flash, there's a couple of bits of news. Firstly, uh, Ben Affleck will be filming additional scenes for the Flash. It is said that a majority of the third act of the film is being reshot, which makes you think that they're, you know, Positioning it to transition, um, what's his name, Ezra Miller, out of it. Also, Ezra Miller put out uh, a statement uh, apologising for his behaviour, and he's entered treatment for various mental issues. Did I think he, he said.
0: Did he apologise for behaviour? I, I thought that's he right. quoted as, "I, I apologise that I alarmed everyone." Oh, like well, that's not what, the same whatever, thing. Is.
1: Well, whatever. That's not I mean, the same he, thing as saying you're sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah, I agree. But what, whatever. He put out a puff piece, fucking promotional thing on his way to the fucking nut house, um, you know, and and detox off the million drugs he's on, and God knows what he's got going on. Like, and apparently, uh, sources have said there were three ways that Warners were looking to do treat the Flash. One, and and Ezra Miller in particular. One was, yes, as you say, not release the film, you know, but that was considered, like, the nuclear strategy. One was uh, cut out as much of Ezra Miller as possible and so build the movie, I guess, around Batman and whoever else. And also the third thing was get at, we, at Ezra Miller coming out, going into treatment, doing the whole PR cycle... Um, and really restricting his promotional duties on the film to almost nothing so they do the movie um they build it around the other characters a lot you know but his promotional appearance nothing and he puts out like this puff piece and he goes into treatment and he kind of slips out of the radar and they still get the movie out there um and you know they see what money it takes in and hopefully they're hoping with Affleck and Keaton and God knows who else is in it. Promote all those people really heavily and give it the hard press coverage, which I think is the smart thing to do. I think I think they've spent so much money on this movie that you may as well beat it into shape, get a product out there, and um, and then see how it goes, and just disassociate from the star who's obviously a clown, um, and just see what it can take in. You know, because the hunger for for Affleck and Keaton. Is still pretty high, and the fact Keaton's not in Batgirl, you know, not it's not showing. Well, the anticipation remains, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I say. Like, I just don't know, I don't that they, I don't even know. They're just like, Jesus Christ, this is just like, it's a disaster.
1: We're carrying a a nuclear bomb, it's a disaster, like it feels like it's gonna go off at any minute. But the hilarious thing is, prior to Ezra Miller. Going off the reservation in public, like he was probably like this all along. But prior to that, it was still a disaster. Do you, you know what I mean? Like this movie has been, like, oh the, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like this movie. We've been reporting on this film for as long as we've been doing the show. I swear to God, me and Stu were talking about this film four, five years ago. Like it's it it, it it's, it's endless. It's gone through so many rewrites, so many times. It's been half on, half off. And then you throw in as the capper, Ezra Miller. Just going way off the reservation and becoming incredibly toxic and you're like, Oh my god, is there a curse placed on this movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the yeah, whole the thing. curse is Ezra Miller. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's nutty. It's just this movie they're probably wishing that they'd done a shitty flash movie five years ago and just put it out and it made mm-hmm. like two hundred million and went away. And that was the end of the Flash movie. Because I will say this, Ezra Miller as the Flash, as, when we've seen him, has sucked. You know?
0: like, They're probably thinking, why did we not just bury the fucking Snyderverse when we had the chance?
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we, we gave a bit of extra life to this bullshit. Um, now, uh, HBO Max is removing 36 titles from streaming, seeming to save on residual payouts. I went to the list. Uh, I Not a single thing did I recognise. It was... You know, it was an alarmist article. I went to it, I read it. It was actually, in fairness, it seemed like a a fair chunk of kids programming, but like third tier, second tier, third tier kids programming. Not a single thing did I recognise. There was one shitty looking Aquaman cartoon, which looked like it was going for five and under, that was cancelled. So, I mean, I watch a fair bit of HBO Max and and I was like, please don't cancel anything I watch on HBO Max because I actually genuinely enjoy it. But... There is concerns. Um, Dion was writing it off, but they've said themselves they're going to continue investing in it. Like, so, I mean, not that I believe what corporates say, but I hope they don't kill the Golden Goose, you know, which is their HBO channel, which has been such a... has produced so much quality content, you know, over the last, like, 20, 30 years. Um, It would be a shame, I think. Um, I think it would be a mistake. They want to bundle it into Discovery. Um... Not that I'm all excited about Discovery, but apparently that's what they're going to bundle into. So I don't know, Rich. What do you think?
0: Um. So what was the... What was the reasons that they...
1: What? The reasons for what? For bundling Discovery? On resi- resi- residual residual payouts. Pay- so payouts to the actors and the producers of all those shows that... You know, to well, save I mean, I up. guess
0: if no one's fucking watching the shows and you're paying these people yeah. to have a the thing then get rid of it
1: I not mean, a single show did i even recognize I, I i swear to god like it was stuff that i've never heard of you know or even seen on hbo max and i'm on hbo max probably yeah, well, three four times a popular week popular
0: stuff will always stay on it's usually shit that's like
1: yeah
0: well, you either didn't make it yourself and so maybe your streaming rights have uh, passed or whatever but i mean if you own the stuff um and it's just not. No one's watching it. Like it literally has like zero. Yeah. Um. Interaction. Then yeah, just get rid of it. If you, especially if it's costing you money to have it on there to like pay out the showrunners, actors, producers, whatever. Yeah, just get rid of it.
1: Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, um, there was a funny thing that happened uh, last night. Michelle's watching. God, she's been watching Grace Anatomy now for like the last four weeks. Uh, she just loves this show, and it's on Disney+, and it's just constantly on. And um, she, 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 she yelled out to me, she goes, Stampede at a comic book convention. And my ears pricked up, and I went, tell me what it is. This will go straight into the show. Turns out it was an episode of Grey's Anatomy where there was a Stampede at a comic book convention, and I, I came out all excited, like hoping for some breaking news. And that was just like... Um,
0: That's definitely fiction.
1: It was just fictional bullshit, man. Like, you know, like, there's a hobbit, there's this guy, there's that guy, you know, like, there's a sexy zombie, you know, lady, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it was nuts. But I tell you what, when, when it was, um, I remember I went with, um, I'm not sure if it was Stu or if it was with Dion. We went and saw Chris Hemsworth at Supernova. And, my God, the crowd was, it was... You know, like, if you think about, like, a like when I think of weird crowds, I think of, like, mosh pits and stuff in the 90s, you know, which I hated, I never went in them, but there was chaos at the heart of those things, you know? Whereas this was kind of like the nerd version of that, the geek version. (laughs) It was just so unorganised, and it was just so crap. Like, you know, like, and he got presented with a cap and stuff, and, like, I was just like, oh, my God, like, this is just... He walked on, he said a few words and walked off kind of thing is how it felt. But um, a stampede at a comic book convention. Those comic book conventions do get pretty packed. You know, I could could see people with anxiety or, you know, epilepsy and stuff like freaking out kind of thing. You know, know, I've been at some of those conventions. I was at New York Comic Book Convention and it was jam-packed. A couple of the supernovas I've been to because of the much smaller space have been pretty packed. Others haven't, but... Have you ever been to the conventions, Rich, when it's really wall to wall? Yeah, I've. Um,
0: I'm just looking at now because I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever heard of a stampede actually happening at a comic convention.
1: No, but I've been in situations where I, I, I I've seen people kind of like almost getting a bit not squash, but really jam packed. You know, like I, I, I went to New York once and the comic book convention there, and it was it was wall to wall, man. Like, you know, yeah,
0: but again, I've never seen anyone get killed, stampeded, uh, injured,
1: whatever. Um, I wonder if anyone ever has at a comic at convention. I mean, this was. A I fiction. know
0: there's some people ever that hurt, like hurt themselves on someone's like costume. Or, oh you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I've never. That's why I say like that. I've never heard of like something like that at a.
1: No, no, that a, I'm. T- I'm typing t- in now, seeing if I can. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, like, have you ever – Um, what's your – let me give you this. You, when we used to go to a lot of supernovas, you'd see the people with the babies, the infants, you know, and I always used to think that's actually dangerous, you know, because they're full-on – because some of those conventions were actually pretty jam-packed, not due to the – well, the, it's the crowd size in a small venue, and that can actually be quite dangerous. And I just always felt – when I saw the – like an, no, I'm not talking about like a one-year-old, two-year-old. I'm talking about like an infant, infant that's still kind of like you know just born. And I've seen some of them at those conventions, and I feel bad. I'm like, oh, this... I
0: don't, I don't know because the thing is, nerds by definition are, ju- are more timid. Like they're not going to harass and like. But I'm not talking about harassing But no, but they, they're just more aware. They they don't they if they bump into someone, it's, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like. it's A big bro dude's like, what's where you're fucking going, man, and, like, starts a fight. So I think it might actually be safe. Again, no babies have ever died at a... (laughs) Like, it's pretty chill there. I don't know. Even in its full, it's pretty chill.
1: It's true. All right, okay. But I'm just... just, I, I, I do wonder, also, when people have the double prams, what do you think of the double prams in a crowded comic book convention, Rich? Are you for it or against it? You, um, you know the double I, because I, I think it's crazy. I think that the not really like whether it's a double pram or like two
0: people in front of me. It's the same thing.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I just question. I question that decision. Like you're going through sometimes corridors that can barely fit. You know, it's one and a half people, and you've got a double pram, and it's just blocking everything. And like, and is it sure. really appropriate? It could be,
0: you know inconvenient and all that, but it doesn't really bother me at the end of the day. Eh, well,
1: you know, this is why I'm health and
0: standards. Look, I'm, not rushing, I'm not rushing through the convention. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a marathon. It's not a race. I'm taking my time, walking through. This oh, day. not
1: me, man. I'm quick. I'm real yeah. quick. Have You ever seen me at a convention? Rich, I'm quick.
0: Yeah. That's why you and I generally, we go separate ways. When, <laughs> <laughs> because you just, you just want to go and I just want to take my time and
1: yeah, yeah, walk sure. around and look and all that. So. Yeah, not me, man. I've I'm, I'm always got somewhere I've got to be. You know what I mean? Like, I like to keep moving, dude. You're like that, you're
0: like that guy um, in the episode of The Simpsons where they got rid of the uh, red light. <laughs> or the green light. Sorry, they got rid of the green light, I think it was. And like every every light's going yellow and the guy goes, oh my God, I'm making good time. If only I had somewhere to be. That's you.
1: That's <laughs> true. That's a good one. I make an incredible time. Um, Michael Kellisham wrote in DC. He says is selling out to webtoons, so there's going to be content on webtoons that going. Uh, I'll, I'll read out Michael's email. Um, he says DC can't get people to uh, can't get people to buy their comic books in stores, so they're doing original series on webtoons. I think they're jealous of Chuck's Arctune success. Anyway, they have a Batman comic shock. Red Hood, Vixen, and Zatanna and Constantine fighting Jack the Ripper. I'll check these out and report back later on the quality or lack thereof.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it'll be lack thereof. I'm pretty sure if it's on Webtoons.
1: Yeah. And then he also informed me that Chuck's doing um, uh, Conan comics. Not that you care about Conan or anything. (laughs) And I got very excited. <laughs> and then, then Dave got very excited, far more excited than he was for Webtoons, uh, fucking DC shitty fucking webcomics. Like, yeah, it's, it's like
0: well, – I don't know if it still is, but Webtoons at, at one point was like such a fucking toxic place, it was so toxic. Really? I, I, yeah, the I don't people know. that ran it, the people that worked on it, very like clicky, very – yeah, like, uh, oh, no, it was, it was a cesspool man. <laughs> kind of what like modern comics is now.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever, ever read a single thing on webtoons. I I'll be honest. I I don't even really I know what it is. I assume is it how is it different from comicsology? Like is it is it, it it's its own shit, isn't it? It's is that...
0: Online well yeah, it's it's online only um right. comics basically. Um Right. And, so any com okay. any type of comic, like not so, not just nearly superheroes, just whatever right so like, it's kind
1: of like it's exactly like Arctunes which is like um, it's it's digital only like you can read them on your phone and stuff that kind of stuff yeah
0: yeah 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 it's just yeah you, it's a website you access the stuff and
1: you read it and all that sort of stuff yeah well yeah good luck to them I think I'll stick with Chuck's one sounds a lot fucking better than their bullshit like and I'll leave it to Michael to check it out too because they're like Zatanna Const- Ed Constantine versus Jack the Ripper sounds cool you know but uh, will it be uh, you know jury's out um, Emily Blunt joins Ryan Gosling's The Fall Guy movie the, the film loosely inspired by the Lee Majors stunt performer Hunt's Bounties on the Side TV show oh it's been directed by Bullet Train's David Lech. I haven't watched Bullet Train yet Um, looking forward to that uh, I used to watch The Fall Guy you ever catch that one in the 80s Rich? Um, no Lee Majors The Six Million Dollar Man this is his next show Either, there?
0: I'm not... I can't remember if I've... Was that a TV show?
1: It was a TV show. All I remember is I believe he had, like, a red car or something. I don't actually remember it. it well. Was, it was a show when I was a little kid, like, early 80s. Like, it was his show after um, Six Million Dollar uh, Man.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think I did.
1: It wasn't no. as good as the Six Million Dollar Man. Um, but it was okay. You know, it was kind of one of those it was an okay show kind of thing. Like... Um, Looks I, like a show
0: that was almost trying to be similar to, like, Dukes of Hazard in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was around the same time. Um, Dukes of Hazard was better, frankly. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I remember it being not that great, but, like, we would watch it. You know what I mean? Like, it was a show, because you've got to remember, back in those days, like, you only had, you know, more limited options kind of thing. Like, there was only a few channels. The Four Guy was kind of... Uh, it it also wasn't like a super big hit, if you know what I mean. It wasn't like one of those shows that was like everyone talked about. It was kind of more of a second tier show. Um, but Lee Majors, I used to like because I used to I used to like the Six Million Dollar Man. That was what, actually a bit of a favorite of mine. So I I preferred that. Um, have they done that? As a they, should a,
0: they should make it. They should make a new show now, but work in inflation and call it that that Dollar Man. <laughs> Probably be like the, the $6 billion man.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, did they ever make a movie of the $6 billion man? Has that been done?
0: Uh Not a movie movie. I, I may have made a TV movie back in the... There, there's been no... um Okay. Up, there's been no, like, 21 Jump Street or...
1: Right, yeah, okay. Uh,
0: like movie, like... Uh, uh, no.
1: Because I know that they... Yeah, you are right. They did the Bionic Woman and stuff. Um... And the bionic woman crossed over with uh the six million dollar man from from memory. I believe I remember the two of them. I
0: think six million dollar man or the bionic man is only alive in comics
1: at the moment. Right. Okay. If, yeah. If
0: if he still is.
1: Yeah, it was a cool show though. You know, back in, back in the day, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely sort of a um, it was a very seventies thing, and I, I we were watching reruns, obviously. Um you know, in in the early 80s, actually. It must have been on repeat in the early 80s because that's when I saw most of it. And then I caught it again around 2000. It was on Foxtel for a long time, and I used to watch it on Foxtel. So I've actually caught quite a lot of episodes of The Six Billion Dollar Man. It was was fun like the Hulk TV show is fun. No one's going to, you know what I mean? Like, it's a fun show without being like, you know, it's not The Wire or something, or, or Deadwood. It's not like a, wow, it's such high quality. But was it fun? For, and especially for little kids? Hell yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, well, that's all you want, as long as it's fun.
1: Golden days of TV, man. The golden days yeah. of TV, The Incredible Hulk, and The Six Billion Dollar Man. That's where we'll it all never started for the whole day.
0: we got, got a spattering, but we'll never have
1: it again. i tell you what I own. I own the entire Hulk TV series on, on DVD, my friend. I, 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 I do watch that occasionally quite enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, man. I, I, in fairness, I wouldn't mind getting the $6 billion man now that I'm talking about it. Um, <laughs> the Ghost of Toshima video game already has heavy influences from classic Japanese samurai films. Yes, I agree uh, with this news item. Uh, I love the game. Now, director Chad Staleski wants to carry that on in a unique way with the ghost movie adaptation. He wants to hire all Japanese actors and have them... Excuse me. <laughs> Speaking Japanese, and um, I guess it'd be subtitled. Uh, what do you think, Rich? For a movie that's going to be going worldwide, um, all Japanese and subtitles—way to go! Um, I think it's a mistake, personally. Yeah, I mean, just my opinion. Just one man's opinion. I mean, point.
0: I'm not surprised that you're hiring an all-Japanese cast. No. and set in Japan, for God's sake! It's not like, oh my God, I'm going to be so like progressive and. My movie is gonna have all Japanese. It's like it's set in feudal Japan, you dipshit. Like, of course, <laughs> you're gonna have to hire all Japanese actors. Like, it's not even it's yeah. not even a question. Good like, point, Rich. Who, Good who's point. even questioning that? But well, secondly, um, we have enough Japanese movies for subtitles. Um, yeah, we don't really need another one. Like, Jap- Japan is not underrepresented in the cinema. Um, there is tons of great Japanese movies. There are tons of great japanese samurai movies yeah they don't need you to come in and white knight for them and be like oh my god i'm gonna show the world <laughs> yes yeah, you know japan and i'm gonna do it in their language it's yeah. like no mate they have their own goddamn culture they have their own cinema yeah, yeah there's yeah. tons of japanese movies they don't need you to come in well, they have like, a whole industry a movie do it in english yeah. right and if you want to you can dub it in Japanese for the Japanese market. I mean, seriously, like, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, Japanese culture has been pretty, uh, you know, prolific and, and popular and stuff. Like, it's not like it's... Um,
0: Man, I've watched yeah. so many Japanese, uh, other than probably westerns and mm. horrors, mm. Um, Samurai movies is, like, probably the most I've watched. hmm after those, like I have seen so many old Japanese samurai, not nothing recent because the best ones are all the old ones. Yeah. But I've watched a ton of, of Japanese samurai movies and all that. So again, this is my point. People don't actually understand people talking today. know nothing. They don't know anything. Right. Like this guy probably thinks, my God, I'm, I'm showing the world Japanese culture, you know, like the world has never seen a samurai until I bring some samurai to the to the big screen yeah, yes yeah. we have yeah it's been around they've been making bloody samurai movies since like the fucking 40s like yeah. the 30s to 40s they don't need you if yeah. you want to make it make it i don't have a problem with that but stop talking it up like it's something special for god's sakes
1: yeah agreed agree with you rich actually um yeah I, look i i well i've already said i actually think it's a mistake i think um you know, it's, like, go the Japanese actor route. I agree with that. I, I think, I mean, I've played the game. Everyone's Japanese in it that I've seen, other than the Mongols, I guess. Um, but I have no problem with it whatsoever. The The whole thing where you're like, yeah, we're going to um, do it all Japanese, I'm sort of like, feels like an error. You know, feels like, feel that, that that feels like a mistake, you know? Well, I, I
0: think so because, um, I mean, I don't know if it's about nasty, but like, um, yeah. look, I understand if I want to watch a samurai movie made in Japan, I got to read. Yeah. But I got to do reading. It's made in Japan, made with Japanese actors. They make it for their market. I understand if I want to participate, I have to read.
1: Of course. Like, American, the like The Seven Samurai and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But if it's an American movie, hmm. um, and you're making it for a worldwide audience, I think maybe don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Can can I maybe give give me a samurai movie where I don't have to read Yeah. The subtitles for once. That'd be nice. That'd be a change actually. Because every samurai movie I've watched has got subtitles, so
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you, Rich. I, I, I think I, I hope that gets reconsidered. I think that will hinder it. And and you know, really, what are you hoping to do? Are you hoping to get this huge bounce in Japan? I think you're gonna get about the same, really. I do. I don't think the Japanese audience. I I think if they want to watch like a Western movie, you know, like this, they'll probably turn up and watch it and enjoy it, regardless. I really do. I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't quite know who you're trying to please, unless you being very specific about wanting to dominate the Japanese box office. (laughs)
0: Look, this is the thing. Like, um, Japan can be very complimentary. If you've done something right, but they can also be very harsh. Sure. If you've done something wrong. So, but at the same time, if you're talking about your general Japanese population, I don't think the movie's going to play that well there, unless it's brilliant. Unless it's like fucking one of the best samurai movies ever made. It's Um, it's up against the situation. Yeah, they they have. It's the same. Like, Jesus, I mean, some of the biggest detractors of the. Shang-Chi movie where they <laughs> West China mm. you know a lot of people in China were like looks terrible this is awful like mm. you know because again they don't they don't need another Chinese
1: yeah yeah like a knockoff um, character they make them I will say I will here. say going on the source material I think Ghost of Tsushima is a masterpiece I, have you played it Rich?
0: no it I is
1: don't. no it, and have a play Oh, don't you? Okay, it is an absolute masterpiece. It is one of the best games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a phenomenal game, you know. And it does have the feeling of Japanese culture and stuff. So, but but like you know, fuck, does that matter? I mean, there's been a lot of video game movies that have sucked that were good video games, you know. So I don't have an immense amount of faith in. Like, give me a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima, the game, more than I want a yeah, fucking I'll, movie. I'll
0: be honest with you, I played a low-budget samurai game on Pass, so it was absolutely brilliant. I didn't need all those special uh, graphics to enjoy a good samurai
1: game. Sure. But it, add, it added to it. I, I tell you what, Ghost of Tsushima is a brilliant game. Like, there's no denying, denying that. It is it is an excellent game. It, there's a reason it won all those games of the years and all that. It is a, it is a great game, but I don't have a lot of confidence when it comes to Hollywood doing video games because they've failed a lot of times. I know, I know they're slightly getting better, but my God, they've had a lot of goes. You know. Yeah, I don't go.
0: I don't do for the whole Game of the
1: Year shit. What do you mean? Oh,
0: the Game of the Year stuff, the Game Awards, those
1: that shit's weak. Really, that shit. Uh, yeah, but but like, okay, but yeah, you've not played the game, correct? You've not played the game in any way. I, I get the feeling you're trying to talk the game down.
0: No. But- no, no, no. I'm just saying that's not a selling. You saying to me, oh, it's one game, that, that means nothing to me. Okay. Well, uh, let's have a look yeah, at the That's Metacritic. not a selling point for me because Last of Us 2 have won, has one game of the year. And, like took over Okay.
1: It's sitting on 83% on Metacritic. So that tells you that it's firmly into the green. That's a very good 83 on Metacritic and a user score of 9.1. So that's pretty impressive. That's based on a 122 critical reviews. And having played it, I I, I actually think it's like, it's, oh no, it's definitely
0: up your alley because it's it's very Ubisofty.
1: Yeah, it's like a better version actually of Assassin's Creed. If anything, like it's it's Assassin's Creed, a, a bit cleaner and um, with a better storyline, and the visuals are fantastic. But it's it's a pretty cool game. Like I I reckon you'd massively enjoy it. I if you if you got a chance to play it, I I would predict you would enjoy it. Like. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good game. But I just feel like it being a good game doesn't mean it's going to be a great adaptation. I, I don't have that confidence.
0: Uh, probably not.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from, Rich. I, I'm a bit jaded when it comes to these these adaptations. I sort of like, I don't know, I just... And when he's like, we're going to do it with Japanese... Um, like I'm like, the game? Maybe the game does it. Is the game in Japanese? Maybe the game is in Japanese, actually. Now that I think of it, it might be. I'm just trying to remember. Um, maybe the game is in Japanese. Actually, I can I honestly can't remember. Because I haven't played it in a while. Awesome. It might be. Maybe that. Maybe that's what he's going on about. Yeah, maybe it is. Anyway, um, but
0: if you read, really, but uh, if you like samurai games uh, and you and you don't have a PlayStation, you have got hmm. an Xbox. Play Trek to Yomi, Yomi. Tre- how can i
1: to pronounce it. Okay, Trek to Yomi. Okay, cool. Right. Black
0: and white, um, little sort of like scrolling with some really good action, good samurai fight scenes in it.
1: Okay, well, there's a bit of a recommendation from you, Rich. Now, Superman and Lois will recast the role of Jonathan Kent as actor Jordan Elsass exits the series for personal reasons. Now, what in hell could have happened Rich to walk away from a cash cow like Superman and Lois do you have any news on this on this topic have you got have you, your investigation brought you anything here no what do you think Rich there's no way I would have walked away from a franchise like this like when I say personal reasons what do you think yeah uh,
0: i don't know i mean drugs i honestly forget that that superman show is a thing
1: until someone mentions it so i don't know if it's a cash cow well, I mean, he, yeah, for him it is like he, it's a steady paycheck, and no one knows who he is outside of it. Like, it's not like the guy's got any balance. Maybe he's
0: done Ezra Miller stuff, and he's like, "I better get out now before they catch me."
1: Yeah, I just want to get some Jordan Ellis. Let's let's just see if our incident investigation. Oh, here we go. He's opened up on mental health struggles, Rich. So there really, we go. That's really narrow. Thanks for. Well, uh, personal reasons, the circumstances of his departure are murky, but his exit from the show comes not long after he shared a now-deleted social media posts saying he was struggling with mental health and well-being. He shared on Instagram in June, I'm headed to a facility for a month to get the mental health back on track and get the tools I need so I can help myself because right now I can't. He added, "For so long, I felt weak. I felt my problems weren't real, and that everyone else's problems were bigger than m- everyone else's were bigger than mine. I felt that I needed to man up and deal with it internally. As you might imagine, things got progressively worse over the past couple of years. I'm finally ready to get help, and it's a huge, huge sacrifice." Um, the message was it's so- funny. It's
0: funny to me because I think actually most uh, actors are mentally unstable.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: seems to be a common theme. It's like it's like you have to have brain issues to become an actor.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, you know, there's the, the, it's the theater, you know, all of the time, isn't it, Rich? They're a bit Everything's a bit higher. I don't know.
0: I think it's, I think it's people who run from their problems by escaping into fantasy worlds, thinking, um, it <laughs> uh, gives them fulfillment, and then no, and then that's why a lot of them have drug, alcohol, um, right. abuse and stuff, and all that because they people that tend to, I think, run from their problems and their issues.
1: That's a fairly big generalization. I mean, I didn't
0: say all actors, I said a lot of actors.
1: Yeah, I mean, like not
0: all actors, but all people with that are attracted to actors.
1: <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. But what about all the people with mental health problems that aren't actors? There's lots of them.
0: Who, who knows? They may know they may try to be actors and they got turned down. No, they never I, they maybe never landed apart. I'm I, sure there's a lot of unsuccessful uh, unsuccessful actors out there. We have never been able to become an actor. Come on. Every person that goes to be an actor becomes an actor.
1: I think we're dealing with some pretty big cliches here. I mean, the theatre kids kind of thing and them all being a bit heightened. Yeah, I agree. You have to have a sort of heightened personality to even take an interest in it most of the time, I think. To to even want to be part of it, it's like, but it's like any job. Like, once you get into it, that's your career, that's your job, you work at it, blah, blah, blah. I, I sometimes think people go a bit too deep into it um some of the acting but you know like they get a bit lost in the role kind of thing at times for, for mine I'm just like do you in really? all your years
0: at your work how many people have quit for mental health uh, mental health reasons?
1: a few a few over my career I'm not talking about my literally my um my uh, work company I'm at right now but I uh, yeah definitely seen people yeah burn out with mental health in, in corporate life for sure yeah more than a few like so
0: burnout.
1: Oh, different mental, mental health,
0: or or yeah. they just burnt out, they just got tired of the job.
1: No, they- no, I've <laughs> seen some, I've seen a couple flip out like big time, but look for all different reasons, man. Like, not, not always related to just work, like, their personal lives are chaotic. And yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going to name names, but over my career, which has been going for God almost 25 years, um, yeah, no, I've maybe seen
0: it. maybe your business also attracts mental cases.
1: Oh uh, no! I, I'm just talking. About, I'm talking about my entire career, um, and and just you know, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen, I've definitely seen it happen. But no, I think it happens. I think you're right. I think it happens also when the money gets involved and the social media gets involved. And I think some of these people they take it too heart and they probably a lot of these. Unfortunately, it's a double edged sword. Like they need to milk their fan bases. And provide content for their fan bases, and inevitably, you know, the fan bases, you know, you can say anything, and like there's lots of haters and stuff, so it's a weird symbiotic thing. Like, these young actors coming through, like I'm talking about, like people under the age of say 30 coming through, have spent a long time building their bases, but there's also a lot of toxicity out there as well. So, if they're inclined that way, maybe they've got drug issues, maybe they've got alcohol issues, they've got more money than. The normal person, you know, it's it's kind of a recipe for disaster. But for some, for some, I'm saying for some, you know. So, yeah, you know, I feel a bit sorry for him if he's got... It all depends. I mean, if the guy's just hooked on fucking blow and is just like blowing all through all his cash and is facing foreclosure and meanwhile he, he can barely turn up and perform his lines, I don't feel a lot of sympathy. If he's got genuine issues and he's struggling, you know, I feel a bit more sympathy. You know, it's it's hard to know without knowing more of the details, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So I think he's foolish to give it away, though. I think, you know, do your treatment and then come in and do your lines, punch. Like, I don't think his role's that demanding. If I can be honest, I don't think the role in Superman and Lois is that demanding. I think it's a pretty cushy gig, frankly.
0: Yeah, but the problem with it also being not demanding is that then they also go, well, you're not really needed, so you yeah. can go, we'll find someone else.
1: True, and that's exactly what they've done. They've recast him. That's right, If he's too, if you're too much trouble... You, you, you're not a big name. Like, we barely know your name, whoever you are. Jordan Ellis or whatever. I've never even known your name. Um, you'll be quickly forgotten. Uh, now, big news for Planet of the Apes fans such as myself. A Planet of the Apes omnibus is coming from Marvel Comics, uh, featuring the 70s comics they did. I think adaptations... I checked out what this actually um, consisted of. And it's adaptations of the original movie, and I think Beneath the Planet of the Apes. So it'll be coming out in omnibus form, uh, I think quite quite soon. I think November, Adam, the computer told me about it. So coming this year. Rich, something for you? Something for you under the Christmas tree?
0: <laughs> if you've got no other ideas, sure, but uh, wouldn't t- be the first on my list.
1: No, it wouldn't be. I mean, you strike me. Um, are you a tough guy to, to buy for at Christmas? Like for you know, family? No, I'm, no, 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 no.
0: I'm one of the easiest.
1: What is it for you? Like if your sister's going to get you something, what what are her common sort of things?
0: Uh, Just give me money.
1: Just cash.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm the easiest person. Just give me cash and I'll go buy the most expensive thing that I can buy.
1: Well, wow. so you just like that so you don't like to because I dictate what I want i I'm very much like no what I
0: want. well, put it this way because the stuff that I you know I collect things and all that and and stuff and all that and with they do they're not cheap you know what no. I mean stuff you know an omnibus is not cheap and all that so oh. what I say to my family is if you all give me the money then I can put it towards
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: the biggest stuff that I want to buy and don't worry about it um good philosophy. my mother's the worst she literally has like no hobbies right. So buying for her is just, you know, is so whatever. Um, my dad used to be easy, but he's also gotten to the point now where he doesn't really read as much as he used to. He's not as active as he used to be, so it's getting a bit hard to, like, is what it, to buy him. and um,
1: A shirt, you know, a shirt, a jumper, that kind of thing. You get down to that kind of stuff.
0: I mean, I haven't got there yet, but, you know, <laughs> I'm probably getting there soon. A pair of socks <laughs> or something.
2: A pair of socks.
1: Here you go, Dad. Merry Christmas.
0: <laughs> well, the problem is, as you, I, I suppose, like sometimes as you're less active, they do less. They maybe you mm. know their hobbies or stuff they used to do mm. kind of fall away, and mm. so you're almost like, oh, just they don't do that anymore. I can't get them that. Oh no, he doesn't. He hasn't really read anymore. You know what I mean? Like, mm. Mm. it's it's very tough. So, I mean, what I what I've done for a lot of my family now is just pay for their subscriptions. Yeah.
1: No, that's not a bad one. No, I'm that's... like,
0: yeah, I'll pay for your subscription for a year on your thing. That's actually that's a,
1: good a good idea. Way. That's actually a good idea. So um, this collection of Planet of the Apes will rep- reprint all 11 issues of The Adventures of the Planet of the Apes for the, for the very first time. Um, and as I said, it adapts the first two Planet of the Apes film. So I'm looking forward to that. I've not actually read these adaptations. I will 100% no surprise Rich be getting this omnibus. Does that surprise you?
0: <laughs> not really, but I'm not i – I've got to be honest with you, I've never been a f- Yeah, – I'm not really a big fan of, of adaptations. I mean, I'd much rather watch the movie yeah, than too. than read the book. I mean, I, I, I'd much prefer that they – Continue storylines in comics. Me too. You know, if they're, too. Not, if they're not making any more movies, but not really interested in reading an adaptation of the. Of
1: I actually, in fairness, totally agree with you. And I do know that Doug Munch, who did these adaptations, he actually also did a lot of black and white Planet of the Apes stories that were original. They were loosely tied into the movies, but they were original hmm. storylines. Now, that is way more my cup of tea, but I'm hoping by supporting this adaptation omnibus, they also then reprint you know, stuff he was doing around the same time in black and white. Um, yeah, but I, but also as an Apes fan and omnibus collector, I'm more than happy to get, um, you know, pick up a support a copy. But
0: and, you know, I would love for them to really, like Planet of the Apes, you know, was such a uh, phenomenal movie back in the day, especially with like the ape masks and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I've really, I've always wanted them to make a, 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 a Katamundi movie.
1: What's that? I don't even know what that is.
0: You know the Lost Boy. The
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, I know of it. I've never read it. You know,
0: with like the tiger people and the ape people. You know, the gorilla.
1: You know, i I would yeah. love to
0: have seen. I would love to see a movie like that. Now I know that they'll make it all CGI and all that, but I would love for them to make it practical, like practical. What era
1: them. was that? Is that the seventies when he came back to when he went to DC, or is that earlier? Jack Kirby, yeah.
0: Um,
1: it was probably seventies.
0: Uh, maybe yeah, late sixties, early seventies, right yeah. about then.
1: Yeah, so it was. It was when he came over and did like the New Gods and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, um yeah. he cre- Yeah, actually, he created so much, man. Like seriously, like. Well, I didn't know he, he did, created it. the
1: demon. Val uh yeah. told me
0: that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's created a lot more than
0: probably you were aware of. <laughs> oh, I, I totally.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. And I,
0: actually, yeah. most and most people would probably because again. Um, he created and then he kind of like left, and then other people continued, yes. Um, the stuff, so um, <laughs> but he created, I mean, he created all of the new guys. created a demon. Um,
1: did he create Dark Side or was Dark Side around before Jack Kirby?
0: No, he created Mr. Miracle, Dark Side, right? Um, I thought I Father, so. all the all of them, all of them. Uh, he created all of them. Does he in fact actually, he get money for that? He created them in, um. I think he created them in the pages of uh, yeah, was, Al Jamil. He
1: did. He he did. Uh, I just wasn't sure if he created Darkseid. I thought Darkseid might have been around before, but no, he did. And I've read the issue, and Darkseid's really small, the very first issue of it, mm. um, you know, because, yeah. Okay, that that explains it, because I was never sure if Darkseid was, like, around, and then he brought that into the, you know, you know, kind of borrowed and then brought it into his own world, but no, he created it all. I wonder he if he even, gets a big, big paycheck for all that stuff like it's it's a state cuz I mean you know dark side maybe maybe now but probably not not back They then. probably had to fight
0: a lot for that um but he also created a very popular this uh, a Superman character Dan uh, Dan Turpin
1: I know that name is he like yeah. a is he like a uh, is he a mob that... guy or something No 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 he's
0: part of the the like the special primes unit, the the, right. the
1: people that like um, like the 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 one that Maggie Sawyer was in. Is yeah, 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 yeah.
0: He's the guy that always has the he had the bowler hat uh, on. Yeah, no,
1: movie. I know the exact guy you're talking about. Yeah, okay. I just never was sure what he actually did. Is he because Maggie Sawyer was the one, the more modern one? Yeah, the 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 woman. Yeah, yeah. So was he still around then, or dead? No,
0: I, I think he got. I think he became dark side in that oh. horrible
1: final crisis. I think. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did, and I didn't understand what was going on actually.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, final crisis. Not not the best. I,
1: I like it, but it is confusing, and that storyline was extremely confusing um, about Dan because I yeah. Now that you say that, because I, I think of mm-hmm. him, I've seen more older pictures of him, and but you are right. He was in that one. He was really old and stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, he he created the uh, the demon and I know he did uh Commandy, he did Omac, that's another one that yep. he did. Yeah. He not the not obviously the Neil Game Sandman, but he created a new version
1: of Sandman. Right.
0: And Was it The Father?
1: I, Was it The Father? Wesley Dodds? Um you know, it could have been... The Father, my, sorry that's Stan, that's no. that, that's um that's um Yeah, that is Sandman, I think, isn't Gar- it?
0: No, no, no. The he that's the Sandman that was um, after him, I think. Oh, okay. Right. Um, the, I think the the Sandman he created actually did appear, I think, in Neil Gaiman's stuff. Is he's the guy in the yellow and the red. Looks very, like, superhero.
1: Right. I don't remember, um, but it's been so long since I read it. But, okay. So he created yeah. that as well. Well, he created a fair chunk, didn't he? Yeah. Like, and
0: I think he did Cobra. The one that I said is very similar to Serpentor,
1: Right, even down to the name. But it's with a K, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, K. Okay. Cobra with a K. Um, Chuck Dixon did that Cobra with a K in his Bane Conquest uh, try. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. That Cobra character's been around since the 70s in,
1: mm. in DC. So. That's interesting. How long was Jack Kirby at DC? Was it like five years or so? Like, it wasn't not, too long.
0: Not long. Because he went back to Marvel, um, I think in 1976. Right, okay. 75, 76, somewhere around there. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, yeah, so it probably been made like maybe five
1: years. Right, uh, okay. Four or five years that he was at DC. Because yeah. they made a big deal when he came over, like the king is coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marvel
0: was or... like, oh my God, Kirby's coming back,
1: all stuff. And then he pretty much left. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. Um, District Ten, a sequel to District Nine, a movie I very much enjoyed. District Nine, um, was it Neil Blomkamp? Was that his? Was that him? I think it was the original, the South African director.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I loved District Nine. God, it was a long time ago. It's it's more than ten years ago. It was a long time ago. I I don't even know when, but I want to say at two thousand twelve, if not earlier. You know. Um, District 10, Rich, uh, do you think it's going to happen? Maybe.
0: Probably, I don't know. She's what's that, like... When did that come out? Like 2008,
1: 2009? It was a long time like ago, that. I can tell that uh, much. It was a fucking long time ago. I think it was, it was 2009.
0: I mean, it's a good time to make a sequel now, you know. They are striking
1: all well, the iron parts. So. <laughs> Everyone's... Like, it's like, yeah, you really have let this sort of... <laughs>
0: The fact that there are so many movies being made now, Uh. right, that are sequels to things from like 10, 20, Uh. 30 years ago, just shows you how absolutely bankrupt Uh. uh, and and scared, Uh. not necessarily just bankrupt, but also just so scared of something new, of taking a chance on something new, Uh. that they're just going, get something from the vault that was popular, and we're going to make a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. I tell you what, though. You know what? I know a lot of people love District 9. I was like, eh, it's meh.
1: It's meh, did you say? Yeah,
0: it's meh.
1: I enjoyed it. I I like District 9, and I quite liked Elysium as well. But he hasn't done much. So in 2009, he did District 9. 2013, he did Elysium, which I enjoyed. 2015, he did Chappie, which I know is extremely unpopular. And then in 2021, he did demonic, which I've never heard of. So he hasn't done a ton. Um, mm. Actually, he's been he was connected to that alien movie um, that he was going to do, um, and then that got cancelled when Rid- Ridley Scott wanted to do Alien Covenant, uh, and he lost his um, he lost his uh, he lost that movie. So he's had a few movies that got close and then got cancelled. Um, he was also going to be doing the new RoboCop movie but then that got cancelled as well. So, you know, he's um he's had a he's had sort of a strange career and now he's going back to district district ten, the sequel to his original movie, which is kind of the only one that had critical acclaim. The rest of them Elysium wasn't that well regarded, Chappie was hated and I haven't heard of Demonic. So, you know mm. so it's you know what I mean? It feels like yeah, he's doing that classic. There's a reason he's circling back, isn't there? He's circling um, back to where
0: it all began. Probably. I'd probably say that I probably enjoyed Elysium more than I did District 9.
1: Okay. Well, hot take. I like it, Rich. You know, I always
0: yeah, but maybe toast. it's because I'm South African and you're not, so the movie has sure. different um, impacts for us. For me, yeah. I just go, whatever. Too many South Africans.
1: There was a lot of South Africans in that one. I, look, I enjoyed it. I, I like both of those movies. If you said to me, we're going to do a double billing of District 9 and Elysium, I'd be like, yeah, cool. I, I mean, I, I genuinely enjoy both of them. I saw them in cinemas. I, I've seen them once each. I don't think I've seen District 9 since it came out, and I've probably seen Elysium twice. Elysium
0: is not a great... It's not an interesting, like, oh, my God, what a great story, but it's got some good action in it. I like the I like the science in it. Yeah, it, in it.
1: Definitely. Um, then we had uh, a rumour that Larry Hummer is going to be con- continuing uh, the G.I. Joe Real American Hero under a new publisher. Now, there's st- there's obviously the rumour that um, uh, it's going to be picked up by uh, Skybound, uh, by Image, uh, Robert Kirkman's imprint, uh, but that is not confirmed. I'm on the HisTank forums now. Yo, Joe! Um, and I'm staying on the story, Rich. Larry Hammer has been writing this since, like, 1983, man. You know? Until... Yeah, yeah, well,
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you almost... It's almost like in comic book form, Larry Hammer is G.I. Joe.
1: That's it, man. Well, there's a, there's Tunnel Rat. is based on his likeness, you know? um, Yeah, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tunnel Rat's based right. on Larry Hammer's likeness, yeah, for sure. He had his own G.I. Joe figure, Larry Hammer. He actually, they actually did a Larry Hammer figure.
0: Yeah, I knew that. I didn't realise that... Uh was yeah.
1: based on. It. I believe so. I believe it's based on his likeness. I could be proved wrong, but I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that. And uh, and I think they've even played with that in later years. You know what I mean? Like it, when they rebooted it, they they kind of made it look like a younger version of Larry Hammer, or like how he looked when he was younger, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. So they're pretty cool. Have you
0: you you bought the GI Joe Classified series of um, what uh,
1: uh, Spirit? Yeah. I'm I'm getting it. It hasn't arrived yeah. yet, but I'm getting it. Yeah,
0: I saw it the other day. It looked pretty dope. What do you mean you saw it? Did you see it in store somewhere? No, 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 no. Just online.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've, i yeah. It's, it's ordered, man. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there's a there's a, there's a big sort of like, um, uh, <laughs> backlog, backlog kind of thing happening. So, but you know yeah. what? If I would love though, if Larry.
0: If Larry's going to like continue, if he's going to get like the last, I I would just love for them to
1: get better artists on GI Joe. Um The artists in the IDW collection are pretty good, you know. I thought anyway. On, on I want comments. I
0: want some cool bigger names that do like really cool like more muscular, You know, like over the top muscular sort of stuff. You right, know, like okay. oh my god, if you could, if you told me that like um, Ed McGuinness... Sure. Yeah. He's going to be doing G.I. Joe. I'd be like, oh, my guys, so cool. Because, you know, G.I. Joe, in my head, they're action figures. Yeah. So if you did them as, like, you know, I want to see them as, like, sexy girls and big
1: burly guys. Sure.
0: And I just I just want a an artist that can be cartoony, but still give you that really
1: great. I will say that I'm going to stick oh, up for it. There's a bit more to Skull than just sex appeal, my friend. You know? There's a bit more to Skull than just sex appeal.
0: No, Dave, don't don't <laughs> pretend to be someone you're not now. No, I'm,
1: I'm just saying there is a bit more to the Scarlet than just sex appeal. There is.
0: And there's more to the guys than just being, like, muscle-bound
1: jerks. <laughs> What's your point? I don't know. But I just said I'd say that because I just want to stick up for Scarlet Yeah, there.
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop white knighting. <laughs> I
1: want to just stick up for Scarlet. She's, you know, like, I, I get your point, though. So my
0: statement is true of every single other female character in G.I. Joe except for Scarlet no. is what you're saying. no.
1: No, it's I, no. I will. I'm just going through the list. Baroness yeah. is definitely played a bit more sexually. Scarlet is is like a almost you know tough girl next door. Yeah, she's attractive, but that's not her primary thing. Baroness, they definitely play up the sexy but dangerous angle. You know, uh, Lady J. Uh, you know, she's feisty. Um, but it's not, but I, your basic point though, I do agree. Like, Ed McGuinness on G.I. Joe, I'd be all for it, Rich. Like, I'm, I'm only playing with you. Like, that would be fantastic, you know? Um, but I thought the artists, they we'll get to the review, but I thought the artist they had with Chuck Dixon was pretty good. Um, I'm going to get his name. And, you know, I, I, you know, like, decent storyteller, like, move the action along, like, good character models. You know, it wasn't a big name, but I, th- I thought he did a good job. you not agree? Uh,
0: one of the things that's always turned me off a lot of the G.I. Joe comics has always been the art.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I'm looking here um, about Larry Hummer and Tunnel Rat. Um, da, 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 he definitely, yeah, this they're, they're like, it's no secret that the classic character Tunnel Rat was based on Larry Hummer, both his personality and his looks. Um, but, like, you look at the original figure, even though you can kind of see a resemblance, um, it, you know, it's the original figure. Like, back in the 80s, they don't have quite the definition that they do now. But when you look at uh, Tunnel Rat in the IDW collection, when Mainframe comes back in, you, it, it looks a lot like a young Larry Hummer looked like back in the 70s. So they're still playing with that, that kind of, um, you know, thing. Fair enough. Uh, now, in a recent interview on the Real Blend podcast, iconic director Quentin Tarantino said he prefers Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to The Last Crusade. I like Crystal Skull more than Sean Connery's, Tarantino said. I don't like Sean Connery's. I don't like it at all. It's so boring, so boring. And it's not an interesting character. The joke is done right away. It's like, Stomp, stop or my mum will shoot the 1992 comedy starring Sylvester Stallone. What do you think of Tarantino's comments here, Rich? I mean, he's going after one of the most beloved in the franchise.
0: Um, I don't know. I'm not even, I'm not even sure what he's actually saying.
1: He's saying that uh, Last Crusade is boring and the joke of him being with his father is just, is just a, a gag joke that just gets played out all film. I, I don't agree with him. I think Last Crusade's an excellent film and I think Crystal Skull is, you know, I mean, it's mediocre to fair, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, uh, Quentin Tarantino is a fantastic filmmaker. It doesn't make him... Doesn't make him Jesus when it comes to the arbiter of uh,
1: no, it's it's one man's opinion. Bad.
0: He, he can also be wrong as well. So you he know. sure can. He's wrong. Uh, In uh, this case, he is wrong.
1: I think he's wrong. I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino, but I think he's got this one wrong. You know, I think it's a hot. I think it's a hot take. I, I think this is a guy who doesn't mind giving a hot take either. You I mean,
0: I I would never. If there's one word that I would describe uh, Last Crusade, it's not boring. I don't know no. where you. I don't know how you can call that movie boring.
1: It's a great film. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like it's a it like I wouldn't have thought you could top the original Raiders, but I think they do with Last Crusade. I think it's an amazingly good film. It's it you know, I I'd be tempted to give it a 9. You know, and I'd give Crystal Skull I'm being generous in giving it a 6. You know? I'm being generous. Because uh, there are bits of, of bits of Crystal Skull I like, but mostly it's just the fact that they're making another film that I like. Um, oh, there's nothing about Crystal Skull that I like. Yeah. But you know, you're a harsh critic though, Rich. Really, you could almost be on like one of those shows, man. Like you know, the, I could imagine you being like the grumpy judge on like Idol or something. No, sorry, I like the
0: only thing I do like was him reuniting with um... the chick from Raiders. Yeah, um, like I them sort of meeting up and all that. Uh, yeah, I can't. I'm, her name escapes me. The That's that. That was fine, but oh my god, Shia LaBeouf in this movie is awful. Yeah, he is terrible. Um, and the fact that his character is Indiana Jones' son, awful. Yeah, Mutt. Um, you know, and I get it. I know people are like, what, what's... But it's like I don't know. There's something different about mysticism and aliens. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like aliens is almost like jumping the
1: you know, jumping the shark, so to speak. It's I didn't um, care that much about that. If it had been a better movie, it wouldn't have worried me, you know. Um, oh,
0: yeah. I mean, and the special effects in the movie were terrible.
1: There were some really poor moments. One thing I think is really true is the part where they're swinging with the monkeys. I thought in the cinema, I didn't like it. Like, at you know, live watching it first time, I didn't like it. I didn't have as big a problem with the fridge because I felt like that over-the-topness is, is not that unlike Indiana Jones, you know, like it is fairly over the top, like almost cartoony at times. So a lot of people um, from memory back in the day had a lot of problems with the fridge when, you know, you know, you know when the nuclear bomb goes off or whatever went off and he goes in the fridge.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, by the time we got to the crystal skull, the humor had become goofy. Yeah. Whereas the humor wasn't goofy in the other three movies. No, there was a bit of humor, there was a bit of no, but humor. but it wasn't – no, no. There's humor, but there's not goofy humor. Mm. It's not over-the-top goofy humor as what it was with Crystal Scale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Look, I frankly, uh, you, you're on, like, your last energy bar tonight, but you've made a lot of good points, Rich. Like, even when I've been playing with you, I've been thinking – you've been hitting the ball – the, you've been hitting bullseye quite a bit tonight, Rich. How does it feel? Have
0: I? I remember nothing I've said tonight.
1: Yeah, but that's it, man. You, you're, you're. De- I get the feeling you're down to your last energy bar, and and I'm pretty pumped up, and I've been playing with you a little bit, just trying to get a rise out of the out of the beast. But you've you've been you've been slamming down points, man. That's all I'm telling you, man. Playing on instinct, think... playing on mm-hmm. instinct, Rich. That's it. Uh,
2: no, I can't
1: do. Now, uh, Adam, the computer was very happy because, um. Jeff Johns is launching a new Golden Age JSA comic, apparently, mixed in with Stargirl. I'll try to bring the details up. He, he brought this news to me very late in the piece. But it does look as if um, JSA and Stargirl is going to become a thing again. Rich, what do you think? You're probably a big fan of uh, his, his JSA run. Uh,
0: no? I'll believe what
1: I said. It's been it's been solicited, I believe, Rich. I, I believe, yeah. like, yeah. Here we go. I'll, I'll read out the news. Like this news article broke today. Um, this is on um, in comics. We're not talking about the um, so DC's Golden Age heroes are back with writer Jeff Johnson's two new titles. New the new Golden Age. What a what a fucking original title. And Star Lost Children. Um, the New Golden Age, penned by Johns with artwork by Steve Lieber, Jerry Ordway, and Diago, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name, Ortalegu, is a new one-shot showcasing the Justice, Society's, uh, Justice Society of America's adventures as they cross past the RIP Hunter and the rest of the Time Hunters to uncover forgotten corners of DC history. A mystery being known as Nostalgia will also be introduced. And Mime and Marinette... Two characters from the Watchmen universe who debuted in Johns' 2019 epic Doomsday Clock and appeared in this still ongoing Flashpoint Beyond series will also play a role. So it's just a one-shot. So it's not what I thought it was, which was an ongoing. Man, um, I wish
0: I could go back in time.
1: Would you like to meet the mysterious being known as Nostalgia? Which I think is just so on the nose, it's unfucking believable. Like,
0: yeah. uh, Look, as I said, I don't...
1: Uh, I, I don't have hopes... You love Jeff Johns, though, man. Could Jeff Johns be the guy who's going to light up that heart again and bring the joy back to your life, Rich? Um,
0: I think maybe in his uh, creator and stuff he could, but not in the yeah. DC stuff. Well, we the really like his tiger. Yeah, the DC stuff is just so muddled and crowded yeah. and yeah, and rudderless that I couldn't care. I, I don't. I it. don't even think Jeff Johns could get me to care I about DC it. comics.
1: I love it, Rich. I might even make that a tag for the show because that was just brilliant when you just said about it being rudderless. It was just great. I might put that up the front of this show for this episode because it's awesome. Uh, now, the other one is Stargirl, The Lost Children, a new six-issue miniseries, obviously written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Todd Newek, the guy who did uh, Young Justice back in the day. Uh, it's a six-issue miniseries diving into the younger side of the Justice Society with Stargirl and Red Arrow investigating the disappearance of a teen hero from the past. They are uncover a trial indicating that other teenage heroes from the Golden Age have vanished and then cross paths with the deadly childminder. I mean, he's really not trying with these titles anymore, is he Childminder and Nostalgia? Like fuck.
0: He's like, probably just saving the best stuff for his own stuff.
1: I think he is, man. He's <laughs> like he's like, I've got this uh, he goes, I want to do something plain. I'll think nostalgia. of something.
0: Give yeah. me a weekend. I'll think of something and, and write and write something for you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like God, like yeah. I'm just like wow. I tell you something that's really kind of I mean stupid on Twitter. There's now a real thing to say. Jeff Johns was like really shit on Green Lantern and Teen Titans and stuff. And I'm like, seriously, no. fuck no. you, people. I read these titles coming like he rebuilt the franchises. Is what he did actually? He saved them and rebuilt them. He didn't just save them he stayed around he rebuilt them he grew them he nurtured them like he, well, he wasn't just a one-hit wonder you know what i mean
0: yeah well i mean under under jeff johns uh green lantern had four ongoing yeah titles which has never ever happened and it uh, was good it was history, good you had yeah. green lantern green lantern core new guardians uh, Red Lanterns, and then at one point, uh, I think Red Lanterns went away, and they still even had the Sinestro Corps and all that. So, yeah, the fact that Green Lantern, I think, at the most, at the most, most has only ever had two, yeah, ongoing books. He had up to four. Don't tell me it wasn't that good it wasn't successful it's the only time Green Lantern has had four ongoing
1: books, tie-in books. Well, the people saying that they're, are, are, they're either ignorant or they're lying to themselves because it, it was, he took a franchise that was at that point dead in the water almost. You know, it was at a very low point for the franchise like because the, the, the heat had cooled off Kyle Rayner. You know, they had that bounce um, with Ron Mars. The heat of that had cooled badly and, uh, Hal Jordan was struggling, like, it was a really bad time to be a Green Lantern fan, and he came on, and he rebuilt it from the ground up, and I just think, like, and I'm not even his biggest booster or supporter, I like him, you know, he's not my favourite writer, but I, but I just think this retcon history is just so disrespectful, they're like, it's like when people are like, well, Nightfall just sucks, it's like, fuck you, you know, like, fuck you, it's, it was fucking great. And Green Lantern with Jeff um, Johns and all those cool artists he did, it was good for a long time, too. It wasn't like he wasn't the guy who came on, did six issues and walked away, and then everyone remembers this, those six issues as just brilliant. He stayed on that for probably close to, what, a decade, Rich, would you say? It was around a decade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 10 years. Yeah. So the revisionist history, just because Jeff Johns, like, isn't a flavour of the month for some people, now they're trying to denigrate his previous work at DC. And it's just like, are you guys just, like, lost completely? Like, look at the shit that's being produced now, if you want to look at mediocre, you know? Look at whatever the... Oh, f- yeah, you know. dude.
0: You, I mean, there's, there's titles that you can't even keep in print, like they are so bad. Like, you yeah. can't even keep printing them. And For God's sakes, I mean, Aquaban, even Green Lantern. I mean, these, these have gone from, like... And, and you know what? And he did it as well with with Aquaman. He did. Um, he did he Aquaman did. when he came onto that book had a really good run. After that, he set up a lot of because the thing is, I think Johns is is really good at building. Yeah, he is um, stuff. And if you're a good writer, you can build upon the stuff that is he's, uh-huh. he's left you, or you can do your own thing and scrap it away. It's ent- I mean, if you've got something better, go ahead. But my point is, he gives you, he leaves a world well built yeah. that you can come in and and continue it if you want to but um you know he took a property that was dead for basically 10 15 years i think uh, was it yeah. 10 years? like he's ta- he was tasked with bringing back the green lantern Corps. yeah yeah we want to undo what we did you yeah. need to bring it back and if you tell me oh, he didn't do a very good job it go to go hell. because <laughs> yeah he I, need- I agree i agree did he do a perfect job? No, but he did a great job.
1: But no one's – he doesn't need to do a perfect job. He needs to make the comic, build a franchise back up, get readers coming in every month, give you an entertaining comic. Like, it's – you know, that was that yeah. was his mission. And Look, f- frankly, I'm not a Teen Titans. Like, I don't love the Teen Titans, like, comics. Like, I've never really got into, like, Marv Wolfman and George Proust's Teen Titans that much. But Jeff Johns's Teen Titans was pretty damn readable, frankly. You know. Look,
0: I will say this: I do think sometimes Johns right now mm. has become a little bit long winded. Yeah. With his storytelling, I'm happy to admit that I don't. You know, I'm yeah. not. I don't have. I don't have blindfold on or blinkers on. Yeah. You know. Yes, I've enjoyed a lot of his stuff. I enjoyed his Teen Titans. I enjoyed his Flash. I enjoyed his JSA. I enjoyed his um, Green Lantern. You know. He's Aquaman. The man has done tons of shit and, and told good stories. Yeah. As he may be overindulged a little bit now, and he's wanting to try and be more like, uh, is he trying to be like, geez, I want to be more like Grant Morrison or, sure, you know, uh, yeah, sure. Probably if you look at his doomsday clock and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? He's, he's, he's earned that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say he's, he's, earned earned,
0: he's earned the chance to, to even fail at that. If he ends up failing that way as a writer, well, guess what? He's earned that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: You know, and to turn around and say that he didn't, like, oh, he's overrated. Don't even, like, go back and actually look at the shit that he's done. Like, go back and look at his his Flash. Go back and look at his JSA. Mm. Go back and look at his uh, Green Lantern, his, his Aquaman. Don't tell me he wasn't a good writer. I you can argue now. Maybe you don't. You know, you don't enjoy stuff now. That's great. We can have that discussion. Oh. But don't try and turn around and say that his past stuff is rubbish. That's a lie.
1: Totally agree, Rich. You've hit the nail right on the head, man. And, and frankly, I—I I mean, I enjoyed the Geiger that we read. You know? Did you? Yeah.
0: Well, I th- I feel like the Geiger was him not trying to, you know. Tap into that, be that doomsday. He just had a good. I think he just had a cool idea, cool story.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I and, it. and he told it. I enjoyed that as much as I've enjoyed any Jeff Johns since the glory days. If you know what I mean. Like, hmm. uh, I, I tell you something. I like his JSA. His JSA, which I started...
0: Is uh, yeah. JSA, some of the best Justice Society like ever done. Totally agree.
1: Totally, totally agree with you, Rich. I think it is. And I and what I like about his JSA run you can do what I did I knew nothing about JSA I started reading it I felt like I really got invested I felt like I learned a lot I felt like if he, he kind of like it was almost like a history lesson but also entertaining I, I really enjoyed it and I knew nothing about JSA you know I barely knew who they were actually you know
0: what I mean mm. and, actually, and a, a you, lot of a lot of the writers today. The one thing they can learn from from John's with writing um, DC or Marvel comics or whatever, yeah, respect the legacy, yeah, because boom. the reason that his stuff did so well, mm. why his JSA was so good, why his Flash was so good, um, is because he respects the legacy. He's Teen Titans, he respects the legacy of these characters the past, the present, the future. He respects the legacy, boom. Doesn't treat the legacy as some thing that needs to be fixed or changed or yeah. um, rectified or, or, you know, yeah, it's it's he respects the legacy of these characters and he's not there to undermine any of the legacies.
1: Mm. Good points, Rich. Very good points, man. Yeah, but meanwhile, while you're talking, I've been looking online to see if I can get the Six Million Dollar Man on Blu-ray. It's possible. <laughs> you, you can. It's possible, man. It's just been re-released on Blu-ray like in uh, like in July. Um, it probably, you know what though, <laughs> it probably won't be anything like I remember it.
0: <laughs> oh, probably not. It very rarely is. Yeah. Although yeah. sometimes it is because I bought Hogan's Heroes and it's exactly as I remember.
1: it. Yeah. 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 Well, that was pretty cool. Um, a pretty cool series. Like actually, um, yeah, but no, I'm on the fence with that one. The Hulk is fun. It's cheesy, but it's fun. I I watch episodes occasionally and I enjoy it. Like, it's good fun. Comics, Rich. Um, this week we did the um, G.I. Joe Saturday Morning Adventures, one to three. I actually also read the fourth one, which was the combination, the final issue. Um, hell of a lot of fun, really, in the feeling of the original um, adventures of the animated show. Rich, this was very much the animated show. Come to life in a comic book. Can I say this? I think as good an adaptation of kind of one of these tie in properties as I've seen. I, I, I oh I I
0: loved it man I uh, I loved every every second of this book it was it was like reading the cartoon
2: yeah yeah the and it art was art
0: was great um very high like yeah it, it it looked exactly like the cartoon it was great the art was superb
1: yeah so it was uh, written by Eric Burnham artist Dan Shooning a uh, uh, colorist Louis and Antono Ant- Ant- Delgado really I I felt. So fun and so funny with like how funny was like Baroness and Destro just constantly back chatting to themselves about um Cobra Commander, and like oh yeah they were just like
0: my god he's an idiot, like, <laughs> that's, but that's what the cartoon was. Every single person at Cobra hated, yeah, Cobra Commander. They all hated him. <laughs> I mean, even because I'm reading, that's what I think. So he made wish. so in this book uh. he basically gets Aladdin's genie. Yes. <laughs> and he gets his three wishes. And uh his first wish is um yeah, obviously he does the world I want power and the genie's like I can't people make fall in love with you, I can't kill anyone, blah 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 blah. The same <laughs> same same things with Aladdin. Yes. And so he wishes um that uh, a whole squadron of the of the uh the bats. Yes the the, the robots um are made, like, humongous, right? Like, godzilla size and all that sort of shit. Um, and, you know, they said that out. And then his second wish is that he goes, I wish everyone who... All my loyal, <laughs> like, supporters get super powerful weapons <laughs> that can't be used against me. And then, like, Baroness of Deathstroke is like, how many people do you think are actually going to get weapons? Yeah, his loyal
1: <laughs> supporters, and he's oh. like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i just thought, i thought that was so funny that like he's the guy he's that boss he's that typical boss mm. that thinks everyone loves him yeah and he's a great boss but everyone hates him and talks behind his back that is cobra Commander, and i love that i love this book like i thought
1: how good were the psa ones at the end of each issue like the first ones about the internet and- <laughs> oh yeah god
0: i love the, and you know what my favorite psa was with law and order because Yes. It's the only one we actually added a threat in at yes. the end. Yes. So yes. this kid is like he's fire. He's like shooting. um He's got a slingshot and he fires that at a cat. and then like fucking order comes in. and like, "Oh my God, dog's gonna kill me!" And then law comes in. He's like, "Man, don't do that sort of shit. You know, I should <laughs> yeah. never do that." And he goes, yeah, I never thought of that. And he goes, "Yeah, well, you know, knowing uh, it's after battle, but seriously, if you ever, if I ever see that slingshot again." I'm going to come here, the talk's going to be a lot worse. Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm going to be the talk. I was like, oh, my God, he's threatened to fucking kick the shit out of that kid. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, he is Lauren of Honor, man, you know, like... But I just love <laughs>
0: that he added that there was an actual threat of, like,
1: death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, at the end
0: of that PSA, which I just thought was hilarious. I thought it was a good sneaky little one.
1: And I thought to myself, are they going to have it where someone actually dies? Like, when Shipwreck gets, it looks like he's blowing up. I was like, oh, my God, are they... You know, because... You that would be quite typical in these, you know, when they sort of make it more mature. But then it was a really cartoon moment where they there's like the loophole to the, you know, you can't hurt me, and he just said I'm me, uh, just beforehand. So that was it was very in keeping with the. Well, to be fair, the genie said, you know, I'm a dick. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm a dick. Yeah, you didn't you didn't specify. No, it was. I honestly I I, I had as good a time reading this. I was so glad that we picked these. Such a light, fast read as well. I read them just before um, the show, only in like the last half hour, um, because I've been busy this week. But a delight, frankly. You know, a delight. I like
0: that. I enjoyed them. I thought
1: they were lots of fun. I'm going to give them nine out of ten as a batch of four. It's only a four issue mini, um, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It, it, it treats the cartoon with respect. It, it really is something that you feel could have been written in 1986, you know, in the best way possible. Mm. Yeah. What are you giving out of 10, Rich? Uh, I will concur with your 9 out of 10. Cool. Um, you know, and that was our weekly comics for this week. We are having next week off, as you know, but when we come back, we'll do, we'll do a catch-up of some weekly comics. But frankly, so much more. Like, that was new. You know how we're always like, oh, we want to get new product? that was new, you know, that was, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, it's 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 crazy to think that there's still writers and artists out there that can exactly fulfill the requirements, and it's just like, my God, get these people on, on the main titles. Now, jumping back a few years but not too long, I want to say around 2010, 2011 maybe, um, they rebooted, um, kind of a soft reboot of G.I. Joe, uh, and they had Chuck Dixon doing the um, main G.I. Joe book. Uh, I believe Larry Hammer was doing Real American Hero as well from soon after this period. But in this book, you've got some origins issues, including an origin of mainframe, I believe. You've got the Cobra Mini by Mike Costa and Christus Gage. Um, then you've got more Chuck Dixon stuff. Um, it really, for, for, for me, I actually said to Michelle... This may have been my favourite collection of any comics we've done on the single of Doom. I think everything was pretty much perfect. The only, like, I want to go through the positives. The origin of, of Mainframe and him going so deep undercover, I was like, was it Mainframe? Um, yeah, Mainframe was the first one, yeah? He went really deep undercover. No, no. No? Yeah. Why am I saying Mainframe? It no, was. No, no. Yeah, no, it was. It was the first was, The first it was, one was... That was Chuckles. No, 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 no. Chuckles is the Cobra one, but before the Cobra storyline... Mainframe doesn't go undercover.
0: He goes AWOL.
1: He goes AWOL. Yeah, he goes AWOL, yeah. He goes AWOL, and then that storyline gets resolved in in this collection. Like, it takes a long way around, but eventually he, he meets up with Snake Eyes uh, you know, at the very end of the collection. But, yeah, main, it, it's a story of Mainframe going undercover, my god, I enjoyed it, man, I just, I, th- I thought the art was really good, I'm like, why can't we have these kind of comics more often, and then we had the Cobra Mini, now, I love this, man, I'd, I'd heard Michael Kellersheim had written into the show telling me I had to read this Cobra Mini, and I've always thought the name Chuckles just seemed laughable, and I didn't actually, wasn't aware of it, um, that he was undercover i thought it was a story of a small time cobra operative working his way up the ranks but actually it's an undercover gi joe doing that um what did you think of the cobra mini rich because i loved it i'm i'm not going
0: to share your massive passion for this mm. although i did enjoy yeah mm. See, this is a tough one for me because I am a fan of military. I mean, obviously I recommended the terminal list, so I do like this sort of stuff. I just don't know if I like it in my G.I. Joe. Really? Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for me, G.I. Joe is a bit more colourful, it's more fun. It's Yeah. It's a little bit more over the top. Um, I really like like if this was just a normal military book, mm. if this is like if this is a story about a guy going undercover with a terrorist organization or something like that. Yeah. And, But I just felt it was, for me, it's just too dark for a G.I. Joe. It's not what I, this is not what I would want to read G.I. Joe for. I don't want to read, like, everyone just getting killed, slaughtered, a guy killing people. He killed Jinx, didn't he? Killing Jinx to keep his cover. I'm just like, I'd enjoy this out of context, but not in context of G.I. Joe. So it's really, this was really difficult for me to judge because I did enjoy it from just if it was a pure military yeah, like book. Um, uh, because Chuck is very good at writing that, so like mm. it's really well written. Mm. I just it just didn't resonate with me as G.I. Joe. Like yeah. I can't be honest with you, I just
1: Yeah, I hear you. It, I like my G.I. Joe
0: over the top, a little bit more colourful, a little bit more cartoony. I don't mind people dying. I just don't want I don't want it like this low down in the box. Kind of death well,
1: I'm reading alongside this the classic G.I. Joe by Larry Hummer back in the 80s, and people died all the time in the comics. Um, but mm. this, it's more gritty, I totally agree. They were definitely going for a more gritty sort of, uh, you know, quote-unquote real-world feel. I, I mean, I love it. I, I think it's some of the best stuff that I've read in ages. Um, but I can understand what you're saying, because, yeah, it is, it is. But anyway, so the, that is a particularly dark story, that Cobra mini. That is particularly dark. Like, he's killing people full-on, killing people undercover. Like, I mean, he kills Jinx, but Jinx isn't the only one who dies from by Chuckle's hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's hardcore. Also, he had the relationship with Baroness, which was interesting. Uh, and they knew that he was a G.I. Joe the whole time um or at least for a long time. That was
0: Baroness.
1: Yeah, that was Baroness that he was like oh, okay. sleeping with. Yeah, that was Baroness Ben. Yeah, that, that he was sleeping with. Yeah, that okay. was her. Yeah, for sure. I
0: thought that was I thought it was someone else.
1: I pretty con- like we can go to Google, but I I'm I want to say I I mean I I thought it was Baroness. She was in the black leather and everything. Um if it's not Baroness, she's got like a sister out there. Um maybe she does. Cobra mini series. Baroness chuckles. Let's just see. You could be right, Rich. I could have been uh, Baroness.
0: Chuckles. Well, I not remember what the Baroness's real name is, and they never referred to her as the Baroness. Like if she was called something else.
1: Yeah, true. Um, but I. But I mean, she does have her actual name. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to find Cobra, miniseries comic. I th- I, I want to say I'm right. Anyway, like. I, see, I'm going to separate these scores. I, I think that this was like a... I think the Cobra storyline was like an 8.5 out of 10. I, I think it was pretty brilliant and quite confronting, actually, as well, can I say. I, I was actually quite sort of confronted by the comic itself. I was like, wow, um, you know, I, I it went places that I didn't actually think it would even go kind of thing, you know? Mm. Um, I'm looking here. Da, 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 uh, Cobra knew his identity from the start. Chuckles was manipulated by Tomax and Zaymott to become isolated depressed. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, it doesn't actually mention the Baroness, but I, I think it was the Baroness. I the, l- listeners, okay. Michael Kellashim, right in, was that the Baroness that was having a relationship with Chuckles because I, I think it was. Um, so i'm giving an eight point what what would you give the cobra storyline if we split split up into chunks because they are different stories by different people so
0: okay if i'm just um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take out the it's like the g i jonas out of it and if i just look at it from a story point of view i'd give it an eight okay
1: all right, well that's close to me, eight point five. Um, then we had uh, just, just, just Chuck's story in general about the um, uh, with Snake Eyes and everything, I, and, and like the the moving of the castle and just the whole thing with Scarlet going like totally against Regs. That was kind of interesting. Like she really, I, I don't remember Scarlet ever. Maybe probably in the comics at some point she's done this, but she really. I know she loves Snake Eyes more than anything, but she really went into bat for Snake Eyes in a big way to the point where she was like literally she'd um kind of abandoned, you know, she, she, she'd sort of like in a way kind of almost turned her back on, it seemed like on the Joes, but all for the sake of this Cobra thing because Cobra in this is only kind of a rumour, isn't it, Rich? Yeah. So which I think was really interesting as well, actually, like – I found that very interesting that Cobra was, was something that was kind of a rumour on the dark net. And we've always heard a lot about the dark net, but this was like seeing the JoJo comics. I kind of dug that, that it was like the early days kind of thing. And um, mainframe teaming up with Snake Eyes, good stuff. Um, I really... I, I dug Chuck's storytelling on this. I, I thought it was top-notch. And it ends... In the end, after all the hijinks, it actually ends with Mainframe coming back in and see who's his roomie on page 277? That's Tunnel Rat. And he's reading uh, the Cormac McCarthy book, Blood Meridian. Um, he goes, miss me? And he says, not a bit. <laughs> so it was kind of cool because I was like, oh my... God. I mean, I knew Snake Eyes would come back to the file, but I thought, are oh, we going to lose Mainframe? But Mainframe was... I mean, he really kind of like... He knew Cobra was a real thing and he was obsessed with it and no one would believe him. They just thought it was a crackpot theory, didn't they? That is correct. Yeah. So, Which, I don't know. You didn't like it, Rich? See, I loved it, man. I've got to be honest. I, I was loving this stuff. I was. It was right up my alley, you know? I'm so deep in a G.I. Joe at the moment and this kind of like modern version, I was like, fuck yeah, this is what I need, you know? I, I was like, I just want this to keep going and going. Uh, no not me For you I, I, I could yeah.
0: give me more of the Saturday morning cartoon issues that I, that I read for the, sure. for the show or or something in between the real yeah. and the cartoon show would would be more to my liking. but if you had to offer me the choice between these two, I'm afraid I'd have to go with the
1: Saturday morning cartoon and that's that's fine. but they're still yelling out yo Joe and all that. There's still that feeling of patriotism, action, you know
2: you
1: know.
0: I, know I kind of feel like in this the i find the joe's almost unlikable honestly
1: really Yeah. i remember when we did the first volume you had a big problem with the origin stuff you didn't like how they were doing scarlet and stuff remember like um i thought this was stronger i thought volume two was a lot stronger than volume one personally
0: better for sure mm. but i still don't like, the jo- <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, like, the way Hawks like, yelling and screaming and threatening oh, yeah. to, like, yeah. you know, like, sh- I'm like, I thought, like, the Joes had each other's back. Like, and it's the fact that they're like, oh, shut up, mainframe, shut fucker, you don't know what you're talking about, oh, my God. It's like, would, the, would an elite yeah. operating unit like this, who clearly brought mainframe on because yeah, of who he is, his intellect, would they just automatically dismiss him and go, oh hey, fuck off, you don't know what you're talking about? I, I don't know, like. Good point. I kind of feel like I'm not a fan of this version of the Joe. They mm. just feel like they're a bit petty. They don't seem to be a well-oiled, well oiled. Well, it's an origin, I guess, maybe, but they just seem.
1: They don't seem that smart. Mm. They, well, they seem. I've come across while you're talking at some rather sexually provocative pictures of Baroness. I'm going to have to close that window because I was getting distracted. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know I'd join Cobra, wouldn't you, Rich? I just couldn't resist the Baroness. If the Baroness started putting moves on me, I'd probably be like, look, Cobra's a pretty good option. <laughs> and then she'd kill you. What's the dental plan like? <laughs> um, I hear you. No, I I, I do understand, Richard, and I'm reading the classic comic at the same time, and I love it as well. I love both, man. I'm just drowning in JoJo at the moment, and I just can't get enough. So... I am guzzling the Kool Aid,
0: but I also really also, like. Also, not enough Duke for my liking.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not a ton of Duke. There's a lot. I mean, he's in it. Um, and there's he... more Duke in the first volume, but yeah. in this volume, there's almost nothing. No, he's he's a minor player in this one. Um, there's a lot of Hawk. Jesus Christ, Hawk is he's he's, uh, he's conducting that court martial. Jesus, Scarlet really. Um, she really put, put, puts it all on the line. It was good to see some Snake Eyes too. Snake Eyes gets a good run. I know that later in Chuck's run, he does the Snake Eyes title for about 20 issues or so, which I'm looking forward to. I'm just going to keep going on the, on the run. I, I can't get enough of it. But now, I want to bring to your attention, we had the origin of Ripcord, which was, which was cool, but then we had the origin of Baroness. Now, Rich, you know how they always say that nothing is perfect? You know, you know that you know no piece of art is perfect, kind of. You know that truism; they like everything's got a flaw. I feel in what is almost one of my this is probably my favorite trade we've ever done on Signal of Doom. I, I loved this read; I, I had such a good time. But the Origin of Baroness I have built into my mind is going to be the big best read of all time. Like I was looking so forward to it, and the story is good; it's really interesting. But I mean I want to throw to you because you're the artist I really struggled with the art like to a point where I was like who the hell green lit this art for the origin so, yeah
0: unfortunately I only got to about 250 pages All
1: right do you, do you have the thing there on on do you have it on your iPad or something can you flick to it it's the, it's the last thing I'll, I'll tell you what page it is I just want I just want to get your viewpoint on the artwork that's all I want um, it's page three twenty one. Um, is the start of it, and then it goes in. I just want to get your view of what the art because it's a very distinctive art style. It's Ben Temple Smith who did like um.
0: Well, I mean, go? the Cobra Mini is pretty good art, but the the rest of the art that I read up to two fifty was not great.
1: I see. I like the art on Chuck's one. I I enjoyed that artwork. I, I like that artwork. It's very kind of like workman like. But, but tell me what you think of the Baroness's artwork, because I, I, I honestly couldn't believe what I was reading. I was like, is this even the Baroness? She doesn't seem like the Baroness to me. Um, I, like, in, a, in what I feel is a perfect collection, this was, and the story in this is good. The storyline is good. I enjoy the storyline about the origin of Baroness. It all made sense. But the artwork was, it was really kind of like art school artwork. It's the only way to describe it, like, Really, sort of painted and and sketch, also sort of sketchy uh, is the only word I can describe. I do like just not GI Joe artwork. And I'm like, out of all the books to pick, you had to pick the Origin of Baroness. Everyone knows Baroness is one of my all time favorite characters. I have a crush on the Baroness. It's a it's a toxic, sick love affair, Richard. You know what I mean? Like it's not healthy for either party, but I love the Baroness. Uh with the page okay so if you go to like go 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 to like anything after 320 okay so like at 320 i think it kicks off um yeah it's like 322 is the first page properly of the artwork and i just want to get from an artist's perspective if you flick through what do you think of the artistic choices here because i'm like oh yeah much, much better than the previous art. it's better well, I, I, just, I, as, as I just, just
0: as just so as a mini as an origin, it's got um, it it's got character. It's yep. almost like a, what you're getting is a distorted memory. Yes, so it serves a function. Okay. Um, with you know something like this is really good because it makes you it makes you think like it, it, It's like a memory, like it's, yeah.
2: It's, it's a memory, memory,
0: but it but could also be like a warped memory, a faulty memory. Good point. Where things. Where, where things are Opaque. distorted or exaggerated or misremembered and all that sort of stuff. Because our memories so, aren't perfect.
1: In, in our memories, our, the cinema we play in our mind as you – Oh, yeah, yeah, like when
0: we remember something as good, we remember it as even better than good. Yeah. Or worse. But then sometimes, you, like as you say, you go back and you go, oh, my God, I love the show. It's the best show. Then you go yeah. watch and you go, yeah, oh, wow. It's not as good as I remember for some
1: reason. Why did I have a, such it was, a high opinion? Well, almost, of it? you know what happens then? It's the feeling. It's almost better in your memory than going back to it. It's better enshrined mm. as you remember it than going back. Um, but, but hear me out. I agree with you. He is a good artist. Don't get me wrong. It is moody. It, it is atmospheric. But I just felt for Baroness, it was too sketchy. She was too sort of like fragile looking. I, I just I don't know. I it just wasn't my baroness. I expected sure. something. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But I mean, as I
0: said, like I don't know, the my whole kind of volume is disappointing art wise to me, if I yeah. you know, if, if I think about it. As I said, the you it's book ended with two very stylistic choices with the the Chuckles one and the Baroness one,
1: sure. Where it's it, it's definitely going. But see, a Chuckles, good. I I didn't have a problem with the Chuckles one. I really liked the Chuckles artwork in Cobra. I thought it was really interesting art. Yeah, but that's my
0: point. It's it's it, it's not the norm. The problem I have with the 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 main art with the Chuck run, the mm. Chuck stuff, mm. the quality, the the skill level, I feel like is backup art for right. a book. You remember when they used to have a book and then. Yeah. Like with Conan or whatever, and some younger yeah, yeah. he would get the he'd get the backstory. The I do remember that, the, yeah, yeah. You know, the backup story that only takes three or four pages. Yeah, that's what the art feels like to me. It's not top quality art that I would expect. for...
1: I just felt Chuck was in such form. I mean, I want to talk to him about this run when we get him on the show. I just think he was knocking it out of the park. That I think serviceable art actually the story still but- carried. You know,
0: I could be being harsh though, because maybe the maybe the pencil is really good and the ink is really bad. Oh, I don't know.
1: Okay. It's like, interesting because, see, I enjoyed it. I thought it was deep, very decent artwork. But, but I I really wanted what I wanted to ask you was what I've asked you was that it was more about the Ben Temple Smith art on Baroness because I really I was like, oh my god, I love this storyline of just to briefly tell you, Rich. So the storyline is. She come, we all know. She can, she's Eurotrash royalty, uh, you know, and she leaves the family, and it, then it's her radicalization, which I think is fascinating. Her radicalization to join Cobra, but anyway, she teams up with this. She becomes associated with this kind of real left wing radical guy, uh, who's like her tutor or something, and he sleeps with him, but she's like so cold, and she's like so wants to you know, burn the world with him, and she kills, like, her parents and all this, and they do all these adventures together um, of destruction, and then he's like, it's getting too hot. You know, here's some cash to get you set up. You have to walk away, and she just is so cold. She's like, of course I do, and she just walks away, and then she becomes the baroness that we know, and, you know, he goes away, but he's in prison at the start of the origin. Like, he's been captured by, you know, whoever, the Joes, the police, whoever, someone's captured him. And then she comes in at the end and she just, she just coldly, she thinks she's come to rescue him, but actually she's come to put him down because she's another Baroness and she's just like, she's just so cold. And I'm just like, to me, that would be a whole series. I could, I I love the Baroness. I, I think she's such a fascinating character and the radicalization of her to become a terrorist like she is. I think could be done so well. I think it could be, like, I honestly think there's a TV series in that, you know? Um, and it does hit those points, like, in, in a brief fashion, but effectively. Like, Mark Andreco, on writing duties, I've always liked his writing. He does hit the points. I just felt it was a weird team-up with the art. But you do make a good point. Oh. It's, you know.
0: Actually, sorry, I, I'm just looking at the Ripcord origin. That art's actually even worse. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I will say this, the Ripcord... No, 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 origin...
0: no sorry, not worse than the, what you're saying about the...
1: No, I know, you mean... It's
0: actually worse than the art I was talking
1: about. No, I agree. The rip. I will say this, I felt the Ripcord origin did not have the greatest art, actually. I thought that at the time. Um, but I'll tell you what, I read a few years, it probably two years ago, I, maybe you were on the show, maybe it was Stuart in his final days, we did a G.I. Joe one and the the art was so bad. You know, it was like, it wasn't the Larry Hummer G.I. Joe. It was like one of the other like spin offs where I would, the Joes were the villains. And I was like, okay. the art, Rich, was just so bad. Like it was really computer generated cheap artwork, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, when something just looks cheap somehow, Um it was it was so much worse than anything in this and i was like this is the worst GI Joe story i've ever read and it was written by no one you know it was right around that era when that guy who hates america was going to write the comic remember him oh uh, yeah, yeah 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 it yeah. might even have been him but it was it was it was right around that era where they were trying to you know god knows what they were trying to do like yeah let's get the guy who wants to burn the flags right ha. <laughs> That'll work.
0: Was that Citizen?
1: It was, yeah. But I'm not. I don't know if he wrote this issue I'm talking about, but it, that was oh, the right. guy who, yeah, was like, he's like, you know, go communism, fuck America. I'm like, you're writing GI Joe? Like, why? <laughs> who, who, who ticked off? Are, are you sure you're not running Cobra? <laughs> are you writing the Cobra Commanders, like Origin Story or something?
0: Well, as I said, I feel like a lot of people, younger people today, seem to identify with villains for some reason.
1: I don't mind identifying with the occasional villain myself. Oh, but, sorry. When know. I mean younger people,
0: I mean the younger people working in the comic
1: book. The, <laughs> I thought the, you were, were going to say, story. when I mean younger people, I don't mean you. I'm like, that's okay, Rich. I didn't think you did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I say younger people, I don't mean you, Dave. <laughs>
0: like like yeah. comic readers and you know, that they've always liked villains. Yeah. I don't think they've necessarily like identified them or seen them as heroes. I feel like a lot of the younger talent and the writers and, and stuff and all that, you know, it's, it's, I feel like that's why we get a Cruella movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's why oh, you can yeah. do a thing like X-Men green, where you feel that a, a character going around murdering people over plastic bags is a,
1: is a hero.
2: Oh my God. You brought that up before. Is that actually a
1: real book? Yes, it is. It's real. What's it called? X Men Green. Did you just X Men Green? That's just also the worst title for a book. Can I say?
0: Well, Green, as in because it's Mother Earth. You know, she's she's going up against uh, polluters. And is her name Green?
1: Please tell me her name. No, she's
0: Nature Girl. I think that's her name. Oh,
1: so so it's even worse. Okay, Nature Girl. Fuck. Like this, but no one's trying with names anymore. Like Jeff Johns, I'm looking at you with nostalgia and Childminder. And now we've got Nature Girl. Yeah, but Johns isn't actually trying. Jeff Johns is not trying. He's, he's, I, I he's think. Not,
0: yeah. I don't blame him if he's not giving DC his best right
1: now. No, he's not. He, that's a lunch meeting on the back of a coaster. And he's gone, here you go, nostalgia. There you go. Have fun. Have fun, kids. <laughs> Make an action figure of nostalgia. Um, yeah, comics are in a sorry state uh, when we've got Jeff Johns barely trying. We've got Nature Girl killing people about plastic bags. <laughs> I mean, that'll teach him. That'll solve the problem, Rich, don't you think? I think yeah, but was...
0: the thing is, I don't mind that story if she's the villain. But yeah, to the she's writer, the she's the hero. Yeah, what she... she's doing is right and just. She should be killing that poor guy that works <laughs> in the supermarket who, who gives her plastic bags because fuck him. He's got to die, man. He's got a doctor. Exactly, too. he's pure evil. <laughs> forget, forget apocalypse. Forget, yeah, forget you know Thanos. <laughs> this guy sold a plastic bag.
1: Oh dear, he's he's going down. But also, is this not going to get a tad repetitive? Like to me, that's a one shot. Like how many how many months are we going to turn up for that? Like she's killing. She, I guess.
0: Oh, no, it wasn't a one shot. It was a mini, and I think there's going to be there's a follow up story to it as well. There's anyway. a new, new mini coming out about it, I think.
1: Well, you know, sometimes I'm happy to be the grumpy old man. I've got my Chuck doing the Conan novelization, and I've got the G.I. Joe run, and I've got the Larry Hummer G.I. Joe. I'm okay. That girl can fucking, you know, finish out a mini to like six people who are buying her, you know, one of which is the writer and the writer's family. Um, yeah, that's... So I've said it officially. Even with the art on the Baroness uh, origin, which I wasn't happy with, I'm giving this 9.5 out of 10. And I'm deducting 0.5 for the Baroness artwork. Um, Richard made some really valid points. um, And I do get it if you really don't... I get it. I do get it. If you're a real 80s-style G.I. Joe fan and you really don't like the sort of slightly... Well, not slightly. Quite more modernised style and grittiness of the comic... I get it, but I love it, and I and I honestly think Chuck really is hitting it out of the park. But I also think Mike Costa on the Cobra Mini is awesome, really good, and I like the artwork a lot. And in fact, I, I, the artwork on the Cobra Mini I I felt was 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 really strong um, as well. Like just overall, a ton of fun I- for me.
0: I feel like – I I think the art back in the when was it the Marvel days
1: is better than the current art books. Yeah, well, hey, I'm reading the – I'm reading – dude, I'm reading the, uh, the original. I'm up to uh, – let me have a look at my iPad. I'm up to about volume three or four. It's fantastic, dude. It's fantastic, you know. But also this is a case, Rich, where I've had a bit of delayed – yeah, I'm up to volume four of the classics, and it is good artwork, I agree. This is a case where – okay, let me paint the picture – basically ever since we were doing the show you know I like G.I. Joe and it's it's building all these Are you yeah yeah no but but what I'm saying is a lot of my love of the franchise has come while we've been doing the show because I've been getting more into it and I've read bits and pieces in there I've been wanting to read the Chuck Dixon uh, GI Joe run kind of pretty much in full as long as we've been doing it but I I, I tend to pass on myself out like it's I'm weird I it's delayed gratification I do I, I do it to myself all the time and then finally I've had my chance and I'm just like a, a kid at a candy store. I just can't get enough, you know. And you know, my question to Chuck is going to be like, why aren't you still doing it, man? Like, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, this thing had legs. But um, so it's partly that as well. Like, I've denied myself for so long because I've wanted to hold off to do it for the show. And I really thought Volume 2 was, was actually a big improvement on Volume 1 because Volume 1, I had my problems with some of the origin stories. I, I, I was finding it a bit hard to get into. And I think also my knowledge of the Joes has increased because um, I think that's part of the, I don't want to say problem because it's one of the strengths of Jojo, the sheer amount of characters can be very overwhelming to a new reader or someone who's not familiar with the line. Would you agree? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it can be, but I mean, that you could make that argument with the cartoon Ooh, though. I mean. So true, so true. But, you know, let's be honest, the cartoon is like, fuck, who, who, what, what, why, yeah, why does yeah, yeah. Yeah. look the same? Oh, my God, who's the guy with a clover? But why does, why does Flint look like um, Falcon? Oh, my God, which ones would like, yeah, you know, Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, but, you know, if you like it, you like it. Although, dude, I have actually found, what while, while we were talking,
2: mm.
0: I found the sort of art that I would love, that is fantastic, and it's actually in a G.I. Right. Joe, it's called, G.I. Joe: America's Elite Disavowed Volume One.
1: Well, why don't we do it on the show, man? It's
0: yeah. written by Joe Casey.
1: I like Joe Casey. Yeah.
0: Pencils okay. by Stefano Caselli and Nelson Blake. G.I. Joe: America's Elite Disavowed. Did you say? Yeah, Volume One, and the Let's art in, in the art in this, the first volume, looks like it's about two hundred pages. Yeah. This art is.
2: Rich, why don't we well, do it for your I mean,
0: comeback
1: show perfect. after after I come back from the offside? Do you want to do that on your comeback show? This
0: art is this is what I want. All to right.
1: Do you face. want to do that on your comeback show, Rich?
0: Sure, why not? Let's. As long it. as hey, as long as the <laughs> listeners aren't too sick of G.I. Joe. No, the
1: listeners aren't. Yo Joe. In fact, we're bringing in more listeners because I'm marketing it to a lot of Joe Joe fans. So there's you know we're just going to keep on enjoying it. I mean, but at some point, Rich, you're going to have to say Dave. You're, you're kind of like, you know, the, you, someone's going to have to intervene at some point. So if in six months' time I'm wearing camos when I'm walking around Hornsby, you might have to say, Dave, you need to chill out, man. You've taken it uh, too I'm you. not going to say anything. Are <laughs> just going to let me go? Let me run? Let me roam? <laughs> well, why not? Well, where's the fun in stopping? Let, let the chaos happen.
0: I might I might consider stopping if you were all dressed and camoed up and walking around <laughs> The, the neighbourhood going yo Joe, yo Joe to everyone you walk past. <laughs> then I might be like, okay, Dave, I think I'm not far away I from it that. man. You need to turn it down. And I park. raise
1: my hand in the air with the fist. Yo Joe. <laughs> Although
0: I'd probably be more concerned if you're if you're walking around going
1: la 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Come, <laughs> la la. la. <laughs> I love it. All right, so what did you give the collection out of 10, Rich? I don't think I got your final score. What was it?
0: Um, Look, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, Not because I think it is poorly written or anything, but just because Mm. it's
1: not my G.I. Joe. Okay, I understand. You're stuck in 86.
0: Seven is a very good score. As I said, if this was just a regular military book, I would be happy. Yeah, fair enough. Did, i got no issues with military, but I want, like, okay, when you see what I'm talking about. Yes, okay, I'll check to the cover, Then you'll understand what I mean by what I want G.I. Joe to look.
1: Like. No, I get it, man, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, look, that's going to wrap up the show this week. Um, thank you, Rich, for coming on. I know you're really tired. Um, you're going to have a week off. You can relax. You can enjoy yourself. I'll be in the – I'll be off-site and apparently, I'm going to be without my phone, rich for for most of the time. Can you even imagine?
2: Oh, my God,
0: how will you survive? I don't
1: know how I'll survive, rich, because I like to be connected and I like to be hyping. I, you know, what am I without technology and access to it, man? What do I become? What's left? You know what I mean? Okay. What's left, what you mean? dude? You become me. <laughs> Grumpy old man. <laughs>
0: I'm only grumpy with the stuff I've got to talk about
1: on the show. Yeah, I know, Richard. You're actually quite a good human, actually, really. Uh, you know. I'm not... Gr- but, I mean, I just feel like... I, I feel like we've we have shined a light. I think Rich is a little bit more happy than he was at the start of the show when he was looking into the abyss and saw the dead gods. You know, you're looking up at the stars, man. You know, they're there. They're there. Remember my thing about the ambient noise, Rich? Do the ambient noise, the chiller noise... No, I can't do that. Oh, jeez. Come on, just try it. Just try it just for me.
0: No, I can't. I can't. Um, if if I have something plain and I'm trying to sleep, my mind will just focus
1: on it and I really? I won't be able to sleep. You know what I do sometimes? I, and I'll, I'll admit I do this. Every now and then I listen to the show. <laughs> I listen to my own show. So you're saying that you put yourself to sleep. I had to. I put myself to sleep. You put yourself to sleep
0: is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs>
1: My nasal voice is, is kind of piercing, yeah. but I, I find it kind of relaxing after a while. <laughs> after the... Wow, that's, uh, <laughs>
0: that's quite uh, quite an indictment there, Dave. <laughs> uh...
1: Well, I don't think anyone's surprised at this point, Rich. I don't think anybody's surprised by that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, you put yourself to sleep. That's, oh, I well, really... I'm
1: kind of agreeing with myself. I'm like, great point, Dave. have hit it park again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. But yeah. that's,
1: how do you do that? How do
0: you fall asleep? It sounds like you're concentrating on what you're saying yeah, and whether you're right or not.
1: General gist, the general gist of the conversation. I just drift off. Um, look, I've already mentioned the Patreon. slash uh, Signal Doom. We really would appreciate it if you could support the show. We're proud of them as the collective. You've got guys on there like Last Sons of Krypton with Ray. I just did, for those who haven't heard, I just did a Last Unso Krypton uh, episode with Ray covering Terra Man, Rich. You know, my love of Terra Man. Ray said to me, Can you come on and do a quick um, one shot? I came onto the scene with two issues of Terra Man to discuss, and I went for it, man. I went for the jugular. Uh, And uh, so I was in in hog heaven that day.
0: Whose jugular did you go for?
1: The listeners. Richard, oh, the right. listener.
0: Friend. I thought you attacked one of the co-hosts. No,
1: it was just me and Ray, two gods of the game, just chilling back, relaxing. And um, you've got, like, uh, Connor's Iron Fist podcast. You've got Ultimate Spidercast and all the many shows that Capes and Lunatics do, tonne of shows. Um, and, you, you know, God, it's it's hard to even know or remember how many shows Phil, Lilith and Charlie do over there, but it's impressive um and you know you've got lots of other stuff like i am your target demographic your ghost spider groupies lot of stuff on the collective to look forward to um rich any final thoughts before you lay down to sleep tonight man anything you'd like to say to the audience good night good night sweet dreams it's going to be a full week without me and rich i hope you guys can survive keep the faith Oh, God, I'm probably going to be super well-rested then. You'll be so well-rested. And you know what I've got to say, Rich? Yo, Joe! <laughs> Good night. <Intervention> time. <laughs>